What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 34. Uh, fucking huge one. Another live one for you guys, number three. Um, thanks so much to all the new subscribers. We're creeping up on 700 last time I saw. Let's maybe try and get that we, over 700 this this uh, episode. We're at 701. Oh, what? nice, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I was like, maybe we can get a few more during the episode, but I guess it's already done. So, sick, dude, <laughs> 700 plus subscribers, what, eight, nine months we've been doing this? That's awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking your uh, time out of your life to come sit, hang out with us and listen to us talk about some shit. This one's a special one, obviously, with my resident homies, Joseph, Joel, and Casey. I'm Anthony, and uh, this is an awesome one. They're all awesome, but this one's an awesome one. He was one of the, you know, I, I want to think that when I was trying to think about a guest that I could get on, it, he was in the first round of thoughts, but then everything got like, you know, snowballed and everybody had everybody, you know, I got this guy, I got this guy. So it's like, now we finally got him on. Alex Bent from many, many bands, currently from Trivium, sick-ass drummer, dude. What's going on, brother? <laughs> Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude. No, I, I appreciate it as well. Uh, you know, you got your history. Well, Joseph, I don't know if you guys have met before in in, human, oh, yeah. in, in existence. We, we, played have. A, we played a show <laughs> together, actually, and I've seen you play live before that, but we played at uh, the Slide Bar in Fullerton with my band Transcend the Realm and Alex was playing with Archaic. I think I think you said it was your last time playing live with Archaic. So yeah. honored to get to see that show. Oh, thank you so much, man. I remember that. Like it took me a, a minute when you mentioned it to me. And then I was like, oh yeah, like it all clicked. And I was like, I remember. So yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. And then I got to talk to you afterwards and you you were super nice and you oh, know cool. just totally in line with everything else everyone's ever said about you. So yeah, oh, I'm, thank I'm you, super man. stoked to have you too, for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Like I was telling you guys before we went live here, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and everything you guys are doing and huge fans of you guys. I mean, I literally <laughs> grew up listening to you guys, man. I mean, Casey, we've never really talked before, but dude, I grew up watching you play drums. You were one of my first extreme death metal shows that I went to I you it was oh, decrypt sick. birth joel was there playing bass i mean yeah. anthony was severed savior you guys are all like my heroes so so i am very honored to be here with you guys dude, that's super cool dude I'm, <laughs> thanks man. it really is it feels i mean it feels good to hear that you know because you're such a uh fucking beast bro you are <laughs> a beast and Thank and, you, man. and i you know i've i've watched you at a very young age you know you were about what 19 when we toured together Back yeah 13 yeah yep yep yeah sneaking you into all the 21 and up shows as a guy carrying in fucking gear and shit yeah remember archaic had to change their name to vortex sword yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh, no. i mean vortex i remember sword. it now dude yeah. oh because they could they they there was a thing yeah that was that in utah right so that was in uh salt lake city utah and yeah. uh every other venue we were playing it was like they're kind of like either whatever or they you know we i'd sneak by but that venue they're like absolutely not he's too young yada mm -hmm. yada yada and i was able to like i remember jared was like take this box of merch walk by as quick as possible he's like and just go sit in the corner mm -hmm. and that's exactly what i did and they were like well now we have to play under like a different band name and i think yeah on stage it was like very random jared's just like <laughs> what's up guys 
we're Vortex Sword from California. <laughs> yeah, we, hey, we played the show, so it worked out. But yeah, yeah it did work out. But that was actually, I remember that. That was a stressful time because there was a chunk of time where we didn't know what we were going to do to get you guys in. Because yeah. they were they were being super super strict on that. Hey, Anthony yeah. Anthony and I back in the day had the same issue. We were 20, 20 years old, something like that, and we were basically like could that, not dude. play. It was like brick by brick. There's certain venues that we like. I think me and Ivan one time like we literally had to jump a fence while the like, security guard wasn't <laughs> yeah, looking. So that was to that was brick to play by the brick. show. Like, you guys all got in, and then I got caught. They saw you. <laughs> I got caught. I was the last guy trying to get in. I got caught and I had to do the whole thing like, well, I'm performing tonight. And then I mm -hmm. worked out some deal where they had to like have the security next to the stage the whole time. And I was like a little fucking asshole just like fuck security dude yeah, yeah you said it on stage i remember you're like fuck security man because <laughs> they oh, were kind man. of being dicks about it but i was like that's another thing too where like we ended up getting i ended up getting on stage that night but then i had to hang out in the alley with actually it was bittersweet because i hung out with aj mm. well, pretty much the whole night but then after he left i like everybody was still having a great time inside and i was just like fuck it dude i'm gonna go kick it in the van or some shit you know <laughs> yeah so you can do man yeah, but yeah dude so alex um you have an interesting history with music you know you I've, I've learned about it from spending some time with you on the road and keeping in touch with you and stuff and you've told me some stuff about your life and um i really like your origin story dude so i want to i want everybody else to hear it Right on, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll try and uh, I'll try and condense it all because it's been kind of a, a wild journey. But yeah. Um, yeah. Starting from the top, I was born in Oakland, California, um, lived in Hayward until I was about eight. And then my family moved into the Central Valley, uh, kind of the Modesto, Stockton, Tracy, Manteca area. So, you know, about an hour and a half away from the Bay. Um, and growing up, my dad was a musician, so I would go to all his gigs, but I what never did he play. He played really everything. He would play guitar, sing. He, he actually taught me my first beats on drums, nice. but, uh, when I would go to his gigs, most of the time he would be either singing or maybe playing bass. I mean, kind of just a freelance musician, but when I was younger, I wasn't really interested in music. Um, you know, I, I'd get all these gigs everywhere, San Francisco, Bay Area, Central Valley. And, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. But like, it wasn't like it didn't grab me yet. And then um, I was 11 years old and I it was probably like the last era of MTV playing music videos. And this music video came on TV for the band uh, called Yellow Card. Uh, they had a single called Ocean Avenue. I don't know if any Sounds pop, familiar. Yeah, any pop punk fans might be in, in the house here, but um I remember that yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Um it came on TV and every single time the drummer would do a fill, uh the camera would go to him. And I just remember watching it and being like, Wow, like that's so cool what that guy's doing. I don't know what he's doing, but whatever he's doing, I want to be that guy. <laughs> um yeah. so I remember I immediately went to my dad and I asked him if he could set up his old drum set in the garage. Um, and he was like, okay, I'm going to show you a couple basic beats. And the first song he showed me how to play was Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Nice. And that was pretty much it for me. Once I started playing and it started to click, I was basically like hooked. So at that point I was like 11, 12 years old. Um, and I went from like 
playing outside with my friends all the time, like riding bikes and all that to like just doing that all day, every day. And all my friends were like, dude, Alex, all he wants to do is just sit inside and play drums. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, this is awesome. Um, and then, um, you know, luckily with my dad being a musician right off the bat, he started having me come out and do gigs with him. Um, so I was playing a lot of like, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire, Commodores, a lot of like funk and soul music. Cause that's what, what he was doing a lot. Um, at that young age, you were gigging with him. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He had me out, um, really, really young. So that again was that same situation we were talking about where he's trying to sneak me into places cause I'm too young, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm like 12 or 13 years old. Um, but, but yeah, I'm playing gigs with him. Um, and then let's see, 12, 13. I remember uh, you telling me you had a, a, a deep appreciation for gospel music and gospel drumming. Now, yes. is that play a part in your actual, like your history? Like, did you do some gospel drumming with some gospel bands and stuff like that? Yeah, I would never call myself a gospel drummer because they're like, you know, I'm I'm someone who got very fortunate in the fact that I kind of ended up there kind of on accident at those churches and in those places. Because I mean, my fan, you know, we you know we I didn't grow up going to church or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, let's see, to try to make a long story short, I started doing these drum off competitions for the uh, Guitar Center drum off. And mm -hmm. this I had been playing for like barely a year but i was still able to kind of you know like the first couple rounds i i, I won uh, locally and regionally regionally um and a couple years before i was doing that there was this drummer by the name of eric moore from stockton california um and any any most drummers know who he is if they don't you guys got to check him out because he's he's incredible he's one of the best drummers in the world in my opinion but anyways he came to the guitar center drum offs to demonstrate because he had just won like a couple years prior. So they were having him come out. So I remember he came and he met me at a young age and he was like, man, he's like, he's like, right on, man. He's like, you're going to go places and yada, 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 like just super cool, super inspiring. And, um, fast forward, um, the, with going back to your question about like the gospel music, um, I, was at home and I was watching videos of Eric Moore on YouTube. And then this cable guy comes to my house and he like, he can't fix my, uh, my, our cable for some reason. So he's just going back and forth and back and forth for like two hours. And then he walks by my computer and he goes, Oh man, you're watching Eric Moore. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, Oh, you're a drummer. And I was like, yeah. And you know, at this point, I loved the gospel drumming, but I didn't know anything about the music. I had never been to like a church like that or anything, mm -hmm. but he goes, Oh man, he goes, all his family goes to like my family's churches and his sister sings at my church. We don't have a drummer. You should come out and play drums this Sunday. And I'm like, you know, I'm like still young. <laughs> like I'm like, uh, cool. Yeah, sure. So, um, long story short. Yeah. I show up at this church and immediately, you know, I was like, Whoa. Cause this, I always, I didn't know if the music was going to be easy or not. It definitely was not, you know, because yeah. at that point I was starting to get into like metal and I was doing a lot of like funk and stuff with my dad, but 
this was like something I had never experienced before. It was like everything I had taught myself had kind of gone out the window and it was all about feel. It was all about like dynamics and flow. And it really taught me a lot. And uh, from like age 15 to like, you know, till now, I guess I've always just loved going to those churches and playing that music. And I would run into Eric Moore all over town too, because he was from Stockton. So I started seeing him at churches and started hanging out with him, going to his house and just having him rip my face off on the drums, you know, and <laughs> so just, cool. yeah, it was just a big, uh, a big growing experience for me, man. And, um, yeah, I just, I have such an appreciation for that music and it, and it really, uh, helped me, I guess, become the musician that I am today. So, yeah. That, that's so cool that you mentioned Eric Moore because I've been following him on Instagram and stuff for like a while now, like, and yeah. just blown away, dude. Like, just, dude, that guy is so sick. If you guys yeah. don't know yeah. who he is, look up Eric Moore, dude. Yeah, man. Nuts. And I was just very fortunate meeting him at a young age and then a couple years later running into him around town and stuff. Like, me and him, we just really connected. And he would, you know, there was some times where I was at his house at like, I don't know, one or two in the morning. And he had this like pool house in the back. That's literally just like a drumming empire, just drums stacked up all that's over sick. the place, always has multiple kits set up. And he would just be like, Oh, sit down. And then we would jam. And like I said, he would just annihilate me, rip my yeah, face don't off. They like battle and shit, right? There's like gospel. Oh drum yeah. Battle. There's drum battle, like gospel chops. Drum yeah, battle videos yeah. are so nuts, dude. Well, it's Nate, funny because from Ontogeny, we would watch those when I'd go over his house, and he, he that was another thing that broke my head open to it more. Like, oh, this is something I should be paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because like I remember the first time. I mean, they, you know, in that world, they call it shedding, and uh, I remember the first time I like sat down with Eric just jamming with him shedding like in the middle of it he like stopped me he's just like no 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 no. he's like you're not like getting the and the way he explained it to me is like this is a conversation it's not just you go super fast and then i go super fast and then you go super fast and then i go super fast he's like no he's like it's an answer and it's a call it's a very advanced you know so it was like at first as a as a young person it was hard for me to grasp that but um over time, I started to understand it more. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm still not great at any of that. But just like I said, being around him, it taught me just how to get into that mindset. And um, yeah, man, I just I always loved following all of those drummers, Thomas Pridgen, Tony Royster Jr., Ronald mm. Bruner Jr., all these guys. And then I, I was always like, well, I want to know the kind of music that they grew up playing. And that's what really got me you know, excited about it. Cause I was like, man, like if you understand that flow and that dynamics to me, at least it made metal easier to, to understand if that makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some of that influence in metal too. Yeah. <clears throat> like, absolutely. like that, that linear stuff, you know, like Naveen's really good at that. Yeah. And you yeah. are really good at that. Oh, and, thank you. You know, I was just Alex watching Rudinger or whatever that I can't say his name, but yeah. Alex, yeah. Alex, Alex Rudinger. Rudinger. I was just watching. Rudinger. Yeah, Rudy. Uh, I was just watching nice. your 2012 uh, Sick Drummer video of playing through uh, Bladegrass Priesthood uh, mm -hmm. for Archaic, and you do a couple like linear fills in there that like fucking mm -hmm. blew my mind. And oh, so thank you, you. Can, you can like if you if people watching want to check it out, like 2012 video, and and you can see it 427. I might even pull up the video. Fuck it. But anyway, it's a fucking <laughs> perfect example of that style. Just, just so people that aren't drummers know what we're talking about. What? How do you describe linear like stuff? Uh, Linny, I guess 
I'm horrible with this stuff actually, but the, I guess the, the way to break down linear would be as you're doing a fill, most of the time, each drum is getting hit by a different stick. So instead of doing like snare, 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 tom, 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 you might get a fill that's like snare kick, tom kick, hi-hat kick, floor tom, kick bell. So that's why when you watch a lot of those drummers, you're watching them and it looks like they're constantly just have this like octopus movement because they're filling in a lot of these gaps with like the kick drum and stuff. But it's funny because I noticed growing up, I would try to, ask a lot of these drummers I'd watch, I'd be like, what was that lick that you did? And they would be like, I don't know, like I just did it, you know? So it's funny <laughs> because in that world, everything is all just about feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when I would go and play mm-hmm. in those churches, there was no rehearsal, there was no plan. They would just, I remember the very first time I played, um, there was an older, uh, an older lady who passed away now, um, her name was Sister Gray and, um, yeah, I remember she just looked at me and she was like, you ever played in church before? And I'm like, no. And she's like, all right, baby, follow me on the two and the four and let's go. And that was it. And I was just like, I look like a deer in the headlights. But like I said, over time, I was able to kind of try to adapt. But man, I mean, it's just, it's a crazy world, man. But uh, yeah, very inspiring. Um, so I was doing that all growing up. Um, and Did you playing take with lessons? My- um no i the only time i had taken lessons is i was in high school and i went to a local teacher uh named Mm. uh dave hawks uh, another phenomenal drummer um but i i didn't go over any technique or anything with him i just wanted him to show me what is eighth notes what is quarter notes what is 16th notes so he was able to help me to get a basic understanding of what things looked like on paper you know because at that point I was, I was young. I didn't know if like, maybe there might be a time later on in life where I'm maybe doing some kind of gig that requires sight reading or something like that. So I did a little bit of that, but aside from that, I never really did any other lessons. My, my teacher was YouTube growing up and uh, I was literally watching guys like you, Casey, like it was just funny. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy how the Joseph, did you have that same kind of situation? I mean, you're, you're Alex, how old are you now? 20. That's, that, that took me too you're, long to answer. 28. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to start doing that when He's you're lying. like 35, 36, like me. It's um, a blur. I think you're lying, dude. I think you're really 40, dude. I think you're like <laughs> shredding this whole time. Oh, tricked no, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was, just also like youtube was just becoming a thing in high school for me but i don't think i think that two years difference because i'm 30 that two years difference really made it to where you you could get into youtube right right when so for me it was a lot of just downloading music i was still buying music dvds and like Mm -hmm. buying instructional dvds so Mm -hmm. just a couple years difference makes a difference in that technology or whatever access to knowledge like that i used to drum teachers give me cassette tapes to borrow or vhs tapes to go make a copy <laughs> back and bring it back and yeah. i had to walk 20 miles in the snow to get to my oh, lesson man. that's yeah. brutal in i mean sandals. i uh my dad videos on laser disc yeah, yeah. my first I wish DVD, I had laser disc. first dvd for me was uh dave weckle and that was my yeah, my dad man. had pushed me to to get that and that's still to my to to this day one of my favorite drummers in the world i love dave weckle 
Yeah, but it was it was interesting because like I always had this natural like I always naturally gravitated towards metal, but at the same time my dad was feeding me drummers like Dave Weckl, Buddy Rich, Dennis Chambers, Steve Gadd, like all of like the like Hall of Famer dudes. So it really had a big influence on me uh growing up and then yeah, just like Joseph was saying, it was like let's see, I started playing when I was 11. I would say by like age 13 14 i was like 24 7 youtube just anything i could anything i could get my hands on so when did you stumble across metal and who was it um let's see well i i had an uncle that would always uh listen to like everybody's kind of, got an uncle yeah dude. right yeah it's always the that uncle. was my uncle too dude <laughs> yeah well he wasn't into like super heavy metal but he i had an uncle that we would drive around and he would play like ramstein and Marilyn mm. manson so i guess kind of more in industrial <laughs> i guess you could say yeah um but it, you know i mean shoot i mean ramstein still one of the heaviest bands ever so it kind of gave me that taste where i was like oh like this is heavy this is rad and um when it came to to metal i want to say i saw the video wait and bleed by slipknot which i was like whoa like i i want to be a metalhead you know so i got into like slipknot and um like a lot of like the new metal stuff you know um dude we have an anomaly here joel He's I know. Well, I was gonna say that. So how how old were you when you heard Slipknot? Because I was 16, 15, 16 when. So that means that you must have been like negative like three or something, right? <laughs> no, I mean I wasn't listening to them when those albums had just come out. Yeah, I mean yeah. I was kind of a late oh, okay. bloomer. Gotcha. I mean, gotcha. Wait and Bleed came out in nineteen ninety nine. I didn't start playing music until like two thousand three. Okay. Um, but I was, you know, I was listening to Slipknot, and I want to say what was it subliminal verses might've just come out. Like they had just okay. put out a record that was really big, which led me to go deeper into their, their older stuff. And I just became a huge Slipknot fan. So I fell in love with like Joey Jordison yep. and, um, and all that stuff, you know, um, like a lot of like the, I guess, new metal drummers or whatever. And uh, I remember the thing that got me into like heavy metal after that was I was playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City um and one of the first songs that comes on the the game if you go to v-rock <laughs> in your car <laughs> it was raining blood by slayer oh, and nice. uh yep. i remember I, that now yeah yeah so i remember hearing that and i was like what is that like that's <laughs> really cool um so i got into like slayer so i started getting into like thrash and all this you know all, all this thrash and heavy metal and then I started, you know, at that time, Kill Switch Engage was was big. And I remember I, I wanted to go see Kill Switch Engage live. So again, my dad, he came in the picture and he was like, well, I'll go and take you to, uh, I'll take you to see them in Fresno. This was in 2006, I believe. It was Kill Switch Engage and All That Remains. And um, All That Remains had Tim Young on drums that night. And that was wow. the night that really changed my life. Every single time I see Tim Young, I tell him, dude, you changed my life because, uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, I didn't really go there to see all that remains, but I remember just being captivated by them just because of Tim Young. I had never heard kick drums that loud and consistent and like literally like kind of extreme drumming, you know? Um, was it when that like blue coat, I don't know what it's called, but I remember hearing actually it wouldn't, being on tour with odious i i was we were at some bar and they were playing that in between bands and i was like i've never heard like a 
like one of those emo metal bands with super double bass. Yeah, like double bass flying, dude. And yeah, you're like, exactly. Okay. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah, at that point, I had I hadn't gotten to the heavy heavy yet, you know. So I just I heard the drumming, and that was the thing that caught me. And I remember after that night, I looked up Tim Young. And I just wanted to see his discography. I was like, man, like, where did this guy come from? What kind of music did he play? And then what do I see? Hate Eternal, what's that? Vital Remains, what's that? Nile, what is that? Decrepit Birth, what is that? So mm -hmm. I started listening to all this stuff. And I remember I was in seventh grade. I was in computer class, so I probably should have been doing my work. But instead, <laughs> I was looking at all this. And nice. the song And Time Begins came on. And that was the moment right there where I was seventh like, seventh grade. Dude. Yeah, I was in seventh grade. Yeah. Wow. So, and time begins started. And at that point, I checked out Vital Remains. I checked out Decapitated, all that stuff. But that specific sound right there was the game changer for me. I was like, mm -hmm. I already know I love death metal. I already know I love the extreme stuff. But like, this is a different kind of extreme. This is all of the speed, all of the double bass, but it also has this musicality and technicality to it that just immediately grasped me. And actually, actually I'm wearing that shirt right now. And time begins. <laughs> Represent. Yeah, because yeah. that's the album that changed my life. So I think at that point, it was like, it was all, it was Deeds of Flesh, Suffocation, Severed mm -hmm. Savior, you name it, all those bands. And I just fell in love with that sound. And then, like I was saying in the beginning, the first like death metal show that I saw was when uh, Decrepit Birth, The Faceless, and who else was it? Might have been like Vale Amaya or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Came. Was that came a to summer Modesto. slaughter? Or... No, it was. No, it was... it was just that bill right there. Yeah, fa Faceless headlining, and yeah, I remember just watching Casey and just like jaw dropped and like <laughs> being like, "That's what I want to do. Like, I want to play this extreme music." Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, a couple years went by. I was getting ready to turn 18, and I was kind of thinking about going to Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of torn. I was like, I don't know, like, you know, I have people in my ear saying, yo, that's what you need to do. You need to go, like, get your education and have, like, a backup plan and all this stuff because, you know, you might not tour, so you might need to be a music teacher and all this stuff. And I was like, man, like, I want to be like the guys that I see on stage. Like, I, I, I don't want to have a backup plan. Like, I just want to go all the way in and do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm like 18. And, uh, and you're I, already playing like metal styles and shit. Yeah, I'm, obviously, I'm like, dude. Yeah, I'm like, doing I'm like dude, I toured with you one year later. Of course, he was playing that. Style. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm like doing like, uh, a lot of local band stuff i got my own like tech that's kind of what i wanted to hear about a little bit i don't want to jump over that too much did you sure, name sure. some some local bands that you played with from that era or area and what yeah styles? yeah definitely oh man okay i skipped over a lot but i'm gonna try or not maybe to... your favorite maybe your favorite one you played like favorite local band that you played with before you started getting more serious with it yeah, well, the local bands that I played with, um, they were like members of like the Fallujah guys. So like oh, Rob and Antonio and all them like uh, we had our first bands together when I was like four. When I was like 14, um, we had a band called the Scourge of Medusa, um, mm. which uh, it was kind of more of like a it, at that. It was like deathcore ish, but it was, you know, I don't know. I, th I thought we were we were pretty good. We had 
crazy shows every weekend and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Any that recordings was recordings or anything. Yeah, there is. You know what? I actually I have recordings. I'm actually thinking about releasing them sometime soon, Dude, just, just for the nostalgia. Bro. But um, yeah, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so Rob, uh, he plays in Fallujah now. He plays bass for Fallujah. He lived right down the street from me. So um, to make a long story short, uh, I saw his band play live in town. And I was like, man, like these kids are all young and they're super, they're just killing it. And they didn't, they lost their drummer. And I, I can't remember how my name got thrown into the mix, but somehow it did. And I remember I just got a call from him and I thought there was going to be this like huge tryout and yada, yada, yada. I didn't know what to expect because like I had never really been in like a metal band with like kids, my kind of my age. Mm-hmm. And he just calls me and he's like, Hey dude, you want to be in my band? And I'm like, yeah. So him and I, we got together and we started writing some like pretty good music. I mean, it was more kind of like along the lines of like, like that suicide silence, Whitechapel kind of vibe. Okay. But um, like I said, we were going out and playing really awesome, fun shows every weekend. We had a pretty big fan base locally for our area, you know? Um, and then we kind of started to branch off. Like I, I, a couple of the members from that band, we started our own band called valkyrja which was kind of that was like very technical death metal that was kind of like more origin slash deeds of fleshy and then rob ended up going and doing fallujah um and then let's see i went from that to again doing all the church stuff and doing local gigs basically the way i was before i was 18 i was like anywhere i can play i just want to go and play i don't care if it's a uh, um, an open jam so I would go to these open jams and played just kind of standard blues and jazz I was like I just you know as much as I can get out there um, but fast forwarding to you were uh, 18 or so you're yeah 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 and you jumped into archaic at that point right yeah exactly yeah so you know with the whole MI thing I like I said I was kind of torn but this is the exact time where I got an email from Craig who was playing in archaic and he was like yeah man we just we stumbled across across your YouTube videos and uh, we were wondering if you would want to like come jam with the band and uh, at this point I had taken like over a year off of metal like I was just literally Mm. just doing like church stuff every every everything else that wasn't metal you know um Mm -hmm. drumming competitions so i was a little like i was like man like am i even like physically like fit to do that like i haven't played a blast beat in like a year but i ended up ultimately deciding to do it i was like yeah i'll come and jam and everything went great and they like asked me to play with the band and then shortly after that that's when they're like oh my gosh like we got an offer to go tour with cannibal corpse to open for them and this was the 2012 torture tour their album Mm -hmm. torture had just come out and that was like the tour that really kicked off everything for me as far as like meeting people and i mean man it was like it just was like a snowball effect had you toured at like that at all before that you know i did a when right when i turned 18 i went out with a hardcore band from la that i don't know if they're still together anymore um it was a band called through this defiance. Um, but that was a very, very rough tour. You know, that was just, yeah. you know, just like everybody's first rough tour, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. man, like 
I didn't know touring was like this hard and this brutal, you know. I'm um, talking about, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? But, no, you're, all, you're all. What's all? What's school all about now? I need to go yeah. back to school. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> kind of like it was like I I hit the ground running and I was like, whoa, okay, that was kind of crazy. Um, but it was a good experience. I don't regret it at all. But when the archaic tour happened, that was the wait, wait, first. Wait. So you're like almost first tour was with Cannibal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had that one Jesus. tour with the LA band and you know, so that you got like the, awesome. you got the contrast right in the beginning. You got what yeah. it could be like and what it should be like. Exactly. Exactly. So cool. yeah. yeah. It was like, cause I mean the first one, man, I mean, it was rough. I mean, it was a good band and I, I love all, all the people that I, that I played with, but I mean, they'll yeah. even tell tell you, I ran into one of the members um recently at this last nam show and even even that person was like dude yeah that tour was rough <laughs> anyways <laughs> um that the cannibal corpse tour happened uh, we were the opening band and dude we just had the time of our lives man i mean i love the archaic guys i love them so much man they're like brothers mm -hmm. to me they're playing that music every night was so challenging man and it really uh really again another thing that made me the musician that I am today. I mean, my gosh, it was, it was, it was just, I have nothing but great things to say about the whole experience. Uh, and then the next tour that we did was with you, uh, Anthony, that was the severed savior tour. Yeah. Which is kind of in the middle of that. It should be, could be, it's like, uh, we kind of hovered in the middle. No, it was, dude. I mean, to me, it was still, everything was still a, amazing no matter what because yeah, i mean i i mean i'm a huge severed savior fan so watching you guys play live just being on a, a package like that that was all just like technical brutal death metal like to me i was in heaven like it didn't really matter at that point if it was like one person in the crowd or ten thousand people in the crowd like i remember watching you guys play and you know not to like blow smoke or anything but like i mean honestly man it was like i just remember it was those inspiring things to me, man, of just being like, wow, like this is, this is how tight a band could be. You know, this is how well, talented dude, I had the be. same exact uh, opinion of you guys. The first time I had seen you, which was at the winter's tavern show in Pacifica. That was that the was first at, night that Joseph was at. Yeah. Yeah. What I was up? there. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Fun, yeah. fun show. And, uh, but going out there as a, you know, this guy who has a couple of albums under his belt, you know, he's already done a tour, he's older. And then you come out and you see the guys who are playing right underneath you. And they're like, Oh, we're nipping. We're nipping at your fucking ankles right now, bro. You better fucking keep running because we're, we're going to catch up and we're going to pass you up if you don't fucking keep running, you know, we're so, hungry kids, man, just hungry. Yeah, dude. And, 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 and Ivan and seeing Ivan in there with you guys and just, <sighs> you guys had a whole fucking like tight package. You were coming right off that cannibal tour. Like, yeah, yeah. you guys were hot, bro. You guys were coming <laughs> in hot. So it was like making me really like want to be on my game every right, night, right. you know, cause we're the fucking headliners of this fucking tour, you know, and, and the guys who are, you know, supporting us are showing us like, yo, this is how you stay in the pocket, you know? So, and watching you play every night too, I was just like, who's this fucking kid, dude? Who's this fucking Alex? I'm like, dude, watching you play, I was like, he's fucking going to be somebody dude. Oh, like that dude you, is man. going on to bigger and better things. It's it, after that tour. I knew thank you, for thank sure, you. Alex, you had the fucking, the stuff, dude. Thank and you. Here, and here thank we you. are, dude. 
<laughs> crazy man. 2021 but we now let's not jump too far ahead let's keep going so our, our sure. can i, can I follow it. up real fast on just yeah. why yeah. you took a, a year off playing metal like before you were turning 18 i was just wondering why um i just got so i just kind of decided to dive head in with everything else you know i think i just at that point i had played metal for, for a good amount of years you know i mean well <laughs> You know, I was still young, so maybe age 13 to that age, which I guess that seemed like a lot of time to me. But I guess I guess to, to sum it all up, I was I was a little bored with metal and I wanted to challenge myself in other ways, you know. Um, so I was like, yeah, like I want to go all the way in with like church music and jazz and, you know, all that stuff. And it's, it's funny how the universe kind of slapped me in the face with archaic shortly after like, Oh, you're getting bored with metal. We'll give you, we'll give you a little something. And then all of a sudden I was playing with archaic every night. Just like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't and You guys this. had the, the metamorphognition material that you guys were playing, but it wasn't, it wasn't released yet. Or maybe right. it was getting released while we were on the road or something like that. I don't remember the release date of that one. It, I believe it, it had, uh, we used the cannibal corpse to kind of leverage that. So it was out, but we were still, mm. I was still adjusting to playing those, those songs and even archaic so older stuff too, like reflections within dissonance. Uh, it was just crazy for me to go from like what I was doing back into metal and in such an extreme way, you know, but I, I'm, glad though because i feel like that's what really kind of made metamorphognition what it was as far as the drumming goes because when i was recording that record i was still in the total mindset of like the gospel approach and like a lot of latin music and stuff too so like it wasn't that i was like trying to do that that's just what was naturally coming out of mm -hmm. me i mean it was like um yeah like i listened back to that to that record and i'm like man i i didn't realize at the time how much like like linear stuff was in there and just kind of weird little latin beats that you know well yeah that that was the language i was trying to speak at the time um when watching it every night was a treat dude oh That's thank no you shit, dude i'm not i'm not bullshitting yeah. you it's fucking I, I tried to make it a point to where i could watch being an angle to where I can catch everybody. Cause I mean, <laughs> at that time, dude, you guys were a whole, like the whole stage show was rad, dude. Fucking oh, thank you, man. Yeah. Everybody they, had energy, dude. Yeah. I mean, Craig, Chance, Jared, and Ivan, I mean, dude, I mean, yeah, I was in, I was thrown in the deep end with them, you know, and it, it, it just, it really, I mean, I don't know, as cliche as it sounds, I mean, it really changed my life, really. Cause like if I wasn't able to play with musicians at that caliber, I don't I don't know where I would be today, you know. Like it just was awesome playing with a band that encouraged me to play outside of the box, you know, mm -hmm. like do whatever, you know. They're like, we're progressive death metal, like break the rules. And that was always the mindset that I had is like I wanted to kind of be a uh a rule breaker you know so it was definitely a, a perfect match and uh yeah so we ended up doing that tour with you guys we did a couple more and then you know archaic started to kind of have you know members kind of going in and out and you know li life happens so you know it's it's could be hard for someone to 
totally commit to playing death metal as we all know so you know we started to kind of have members come and go and all that and then i started to get hit up by other bands that i was like man that would be cool to play with this band it'd be cool to play with this band especially when archaic wasn't really doing anything at the time you know it kind of i guess it kind of slowed down as far as the touring goes but we were always still like writing and stuff so mm-hmm. during that slow time um that's when let's see i met a guitar player named sean glass um who used to play with broken hope i when i met him he was playing with broken hope but he is kind of like he he knows everybody and he has been around everybody like he goes back to like the Dimebag daryl days like he's like an og and everybody kind of calls him the tyler perry of metal like he just always knows what's going on but anyways i met him um oh i'm sorry i'm i'm skipping ahead I'm trying to get this timeline right. <laughs> uh, okay, so I did Archaic, and then I met, I'm sorry, I met Sean Martinez, who played with Rings of Saturn. He asked me to do a Rings of Saturn tour with, with them, and then uh, after I did that Rings of Saturn tour, that's when he hit me up to play with Decrepit Birth because he also played with Decrepit Birth. That's what happened. Mm. And then I met Sean Glass. I'm sorry, I'm go. fumbling it's over here. Good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot happened. But um, so anyways, yeah, I, I Decrepit Birth, I mean, to me, when I had that opportunity, I was like a kid in heaven. I was like, that's one of my favorite bands in the world. Of course I'll do it. Because uh, Samus, I think at the time, uh, Samus, their drummer, I, I, I think he was starting to go to college or something. I think he was Mm going to become an accountant for a little while. So they needed somebody. And Sean Martinez, like I said, he was the bass player and he went, he, he pitched for me, you know, he was like, Hey, there's this kid that he plays with archaic. He just filled in with this rings of Saturn tour and yada, yada, yada. We should give him a try. So um, I went up to Matt Satello's house in Santa Cruz. We jammed, had a great time. And then I went out and did a U.S. tour with decrepit birth. And that's where I met Sean Glass because he was playing with Broken Hope. It was Decrepit Birth, Broken Hope, and Obituary. And Sean Glass was always super, super cool to me. Like he would invite me on their tour bus and he just always wanted to chat and hang out. And um, that was DNA Lounge in San Francisco, right? Yes. Was, yeah. Yeah. I so that show. I was there. Yep. Yeah. You were there with Dan Kenny, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So did that tour. And then I went to Europe with Decrepit Birth um and it was decrepit birth cattle decapitation and cryptopsy and again i was just in heaven you know playing with one of my favorite bands and going overseas for the first time it was great and then after that that's when sean glass started to call me a lot and he just started to be like hey i heard this and this is happening i heard this and this is happening um and then he called (laughs) Yeah, he sometimes what would be like a good analogy for or metaphor for that guy, like a scout. He's like, or is he like an agent almost? Like kind of, a... yeah, kind of, but just like a really cool guy. I mean, just I, a, yeah, I love totally. the guy. Yeah, like he's super... the one that did he hook you up with Eric Peterson from Testament? Yes, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. And that's yeah. that's actually the next part of the timeline. I'm trying to think of it in like a timeline so I don't screw it up, you know, it's like an ear. Fashion? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um that's yeah he calls me and he goes hey uh eric peterson is looking for a drummer for his side project um it's called dragon lord it's like a black metal band and i was like yeah, yeah right on i was like i was like i'll i'm down to check it out so i went and jammed with eric and it was like 
it was, it was perfect. You know, we had a great time and had a lot of fun and I ended up doing this record with him. And I remember that was another point in my life, like a, uh, uh, an experience that changed my life because at that point I had just got off the road with decrepit birth and I was starting to feel really good about myself. And he just knocked me all the way down again, because like, (laughs) I thought like, I thought like, Oh, this is going to be easy. And working with someone like him, it wasn't easy because like, I don't know, like I, like he's very particular with like fills and like locking things up with guitar. And I had never learned that at that point. So he started teaching me basically how he's, he taught all the other drummers that he worked with. I mean, if you look at any of the drummers that have worked with him, they all say the same thing that Eric Peterson made them a better drummer. And that's Dave Lombardo, Nicholas Parker, Gene Holglin, all of those guys. So immediately I was like, okay, I get what you guys are saying because mm-hmm. it was like, it would get frustrating at times, but in like a good way, you know, it yeah. was like, he would really mm-hmm. push me. So any, no pain, anyways, no gain. Yeah. Um, I did the dragon Lord record. I wanted to slam my head against a wall, but the, the record <laughs> ended up coming out great. I loved it. And then it was funny because at that point, um, Dragon Lord riffs started to turn into Testament riffs, uh, mm-hmm. where he was like, Hey, I got a Testament riff. I just wanted to try it out with you, you know, cause Gene Hoagland is everywhere. He's playing with death clock. He's playing with you name it. And I just happened to always be there. So he would invite me out to his house. Eric Peterson would, and he, it went from like one Testament riff to another, to a Testament song, then another song. And then before you knew it, it was like, Oh shoot. Like I'm kind of like this ghostwriter for testament which was really exciting for me and the entire time it was like i was going to school you know like learning all of these like kind of old school tricks from this guitar player that you know anyways he taught me a lot and um that's what ended up leading to me playing with testament and then battlecross was a whole nother uh whole nother experience as well you said ghost wrote so those were performed by somebody else on record but you wrote those beats yeah so the the last yeah the last um testament record not the last one but but the one before that brotherhood of the snake yeah i mean every single song from that record was all ghost written by by me well i can't say i like i didn't come up with every single part but i was basically just kind of like you know play this play that and like i said eric is very particular like there's not one fill that gets on a testament record that he does not like you like go through to a T, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I was happy to do it, you know, and it's cool. Cause now Gene Hoagland, he always shouts me out and Hell gives yeah. me credit and all that, but he ended up recording the record. And I just at a young age had the experience to be a part of the record behind the scenes. So yeah, I did that played with battle cross and uh, toured with battle cross for a while ended up playing fest i played a festival where battlecross and testament were on the same stage or not same stage but same festival so i did like a crazy double duty thing double duty yeah in like 2015 that was gnarly and then um shoot man um fast forward do you want to dig there's a couple things sure yeah i'll shut up i'm talking too much i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) it's awesome um, one thing I wanted to ask you when you're talking about, you know, the Latin and gospel stuff coming into metal, um, do you know anyone else who was using a cowbell 
in their death metal set live? Or was that something you brought in just from your own Troy kind of full oh, no, maybe no, he didn't have that. No, Troy didn't have the cowbell. Um, I mean, I had bell. never I had never seen it. I'm sure there's probably some guys that do, but I was just at that time. I was very into drummers. Like uh, one of my favorite Latin drummers in the world is a guy named uh, Odesio El Negro Hernandez. And he was all like cowbells and claves and stuff. And um, I was like, well, I, I love what he's doing. I love that sound. So I just brought it into uh, what I was doing, you know, cause uh, you know, I would watch drummers like, uh, like Derek Roddy when he played with Hate Eternal. I noticed he had this little like, like extra he always seemed to be adding like extra little percussion things and playing mm. playing with it over death metal so i kind of took that idea and was like well I, I could probably do that with like some claves and cowbells and it's different and it it's what i like right now so i just kind of did it <laughs> yeah yeah i always felt like the latin metal crossover thing is something that hasn't been taken as far as it could be taken like that was yeah. kind of big with atheists back in the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. Up yeah. the Florida scene, but then it kind of didn't go as far as it could have gone with, and a lot of other elements of fusion and, and other music got picked up into death metal, but the Latin stuff kind of didn't. So I was like fucking sick that you were doing it. And you know, so. do you remember like, yeah. that, like, well, I mean, when it came out, but I Monarch, like that beat that the Derek was doing, like mm -hmm. the. Doom, 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 I I still watch like, all those videos of him in the studio. In the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I sick, mean, dude. that's the stuff that inspired me is watching guys yeah. like Derek Roddy and Nicholas Barker. Like I was always drawn mm -hmm. to the drummers that were still like fast and powerful, but were just kind of like a little different. Like I I always have yeah. been drawn to taste, and maybe that's just because like, you know growing up on like Dave Weckl and stuff, I'm like, man, I love mm -hmm. like the blast beats and all that, but like, I want a little bit of that spice in there too. So I'd look for those guys. And uh, yeah, Derek Roddy definitely stood out to me. I was like, I want to be like that. Like, I want to try to be diverse and, and dynamic, you know? Mm -hmm. I've definitely so. noticed like going back in your career and everything that you're talking about that you're like the ultimate uh, example of someone that's just been trial by fire like thrown in the fucking Campbell corpse like I don't even know yeah. your nerves like it's like gnarlier time. than Gabe Sieber dude yeah it's like so I mean oh, going Gabe like is, Gabe is amazing I love Gabe going Sieber. back into the, that <laughs> tour like because you only did one you know one small tour before that and and mm -hmm. you hadn't really played with archaic that much yet right yeah I mean except for just yeah our, our rehearsals you know but so I had you went with rehearsal to Campbell corpse yeah yeah Jesus God yeah, what was that like insane. what was your like perception i mean you're jumping into a, a like a professional tour like you know what most bands have probably done like five or six tours to get to something like that how many how, how, how was that like open for cannibal you think there's been a lot dude oh unique leader bands yeah i know they've uh yeah alex uh, webster's like big on recruiting like mm -hmm. bands that he's way into from unique leader and stuff i've noticed but like I believe just getting... he's i think he's the one that got us on that tour actually definitely because yeah, yeah. sever deeds archaic but how was that like going from like, you know, into that professional tour circuit? You're you got set times. You, I mean, you got did you get sound checks because you're the opening band? I mean, how did that all work? Did you just got thrown to the fire? Like, all right, get your shit up there and fucking go play in front of all these people and just make it happen like your first show. Um, You know, <laughs> we were the first band on the build. So we were able to like set our that was kind of nice. We were able to like set our gear up in front of all theirs and we were able to get like a five minute sound check if that so to me i was like i just want to make sure my triggers are working and whatever happens happens totally. um just like most death metal drummers you know when you're in that situation but i mean 
Cannibal treated us great. I mean, their man, their tour manager was awesome to us. Like we had a really, really good time on that tour, man. I mean, the cannibal guys would like just come up to our van and be like, Hey, we're all hanging out in the tour bus, like come hang out. And we'd be like, what, you know? And, uh, (laughs) that was another thing that taught me at a young age. Like, I want to be cool. Like these guys, like if I'm ever in a position where like I'm the headliner or whatever, like I want to be the guy that goes to like the opening band is like, dude, come hang out, like make yourself comfortable. Cause that's what they did for us. Um, and yeah, you know, like, I mean, like I said, playing that music every night was kicking my butt, but I was having a great time. And the archaic guys, I mean, like family like brothers you know we'd have barbecues out in the middle of nowhere yep. you know yep. we did <laughs> that mean, too we yeah. with you guys yeah we'd fucking just find a fucking uh rest stop or like a there'd be yeah just like little barbecue pits off the side and just fucking sit there in the dark and i literally had a barbecue with the archaic guys a week ago <laughs> yeah because they just moved out it, they're out in um, watsonville now so yeah uh, shara and jared just moved out there so they got this humongous backyard and it's pretty much bi-weekly there's a barbecue there just nice just kidding you know sounds like i need to make it down to watsonville <laughs> oh yeah yeah just come yeah, yeah you come stay here we'll go uber down there and and just uh eat some steaks brother yeah joseph when's the next time you're gonna be in santa cruz uh probably late this month actually in like two or three weeks hmm. so Nice. Yeah, might be time for the first Cali Death get together. Well, second this summer to- definitely, dude. We need to do something. Oh man, I don't know. We we got to get all four of us hosts together. Yeah, that- like sick dudes, all three of you guys. Dude. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta, we gotta get-, get get Casey. I'll yeah, call up, man. Like I'll call the- up. Yeah, dude. we'll Facetime you. I'm only I'm only like eight hours away. It's cool. <laughs> Where I are you got- living now, Casey? Oh yeah, I live in Pushinside. San okay. Diego. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say south. something stupid, but I just changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I live in. My uh, brain's fried from work. Uh, live yeah. in Arkansas, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are you <laughs> living now, though? Because you, you're East Coast now. So, yeah. I just moved to uh, Orlando, Florida. Um, mm, that's right. When was it? October, I believe. Is that so, where yeah. the Trivium guys all live? I know we're jumping ahead to Trivium, but is that where the, all those guys are living? Or Yeah, yeah. They're all out here oh, cool. in uh, in Orlando. Um, with everything going nice. on with the band right now, um, the guys hit me up and they're like, yeah, it would make a lot of sense for you to be out here. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, can't argue with that, you know, because I mean, I'm mean, we love California. All of our family and friends are out here. So it was kind of like thinking about that, like, man, like I never, I never planned on leaving California, but like this was when the pandemic just started happening and mm-hmm. Paolo, our bass player, he had moved from Chicago to Orlando. So it was like, Hey man, uh, like you're the I'm only one. Yeah, yeah. You're the only one all the way out there. And if you can get out here, we could do a lot of like cool stuff. So we, we ended up going, you know what we're, we're in. So we, uh, we drove across the country and now we're here, man. So jumping yeah. back to, to Trivium cool. and stuff. So, I mean, so is that the next part of your timeline? I know it was that, did that, that one agent guy introduce you to, to Matt and all those people, or how did you get in contact with Trivium to, to start jamming with them? Um, let's see here. Cause you've been so, with them for a few years now. It's been like what, six or seven years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so <clears throat> I'm trying to think I'm, having a brain fart here um with a list like yours dude i don't i'm surprised you've gotten this far without <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I'm impressed. yeah so i do battle cross um and there then i end up going home for a little bit after that and i'm i get a call 
some stuff happened in between. I ended up going out and touring with Angel Vivaldi and oh, then Gus right. G. Yeah, I did that tour, oh, which damn. that Gus was another tour. Yeah, another tour that kicked my butt, but in a really good way. I mean, I was doing two sets a night, playing a lot of music, I f- having a lot of fun, man. Um, that was a super fun tour. And then I get home and I'm kind of like, well, dang, like now what? You know, like could the dust, dust is kind of settling. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm going to go back out with Archaic. This is kind of like 2016. Um, and then I get Sean Glass calls me you know <laughs> tyler perry of metal he uh he you gives me a call jolt. yeah and uh he goes hey man he's like he's like trivium might need a drummer and i need you to have of two videos to me by tomorrow if if you're interested in the gig and i was like well yeah of course you know like that'd be great i didn't i didn't want to um give my hopes up but i was like yeah so that day I learned two songs. I learned a song from them called Rain. And then I learned another song called Until the World Goes Cold. Rain was like kind of faster. And then Until the World Goes Cold is kind of like their their slower, bigger, I guess, radio-friendly song. Mm -hmm. I sent in the videos for that. And then after I sent in the videos, that's when I started to really uh, get a little, I don't know, get the butterflies. Because I started thinking about it and talking to Christina about it and going man, like if this does go through, this could really be like a crazy change to our life. You know, this might be, Mm -hmm. this might work out, but again, I was trying not to give my hopes up. And uh, I remember Sean Glass texted me and was like, Hey, the guys watched the video. Uh, And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, did they like it? Or are they interested in someone else? And he was like, Oh, they loved it. And uh, yeah, he's like, just kind of stay tuned or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then um, I got a text from a number I didn't recognize. And it was uh, the bass player, Paolo. I think that's what happened. He texted me and was like, hey, is it cool if I call you tonight? And I was like, yeah, uh, that sounds great. So I got a call from him. And then I talked to him for a little bit. And um, like right off the bat, he was like, hey, man, he's like, we've like seen you play with Battlecross and stuff. Like we know who you are, but, you know, we I think he said they were actually thinking about reaching out to me went like around that time but they didn't want to like take me from battle cross or anything like that which is totally understandable but he was like yeah like we love your playing like you obviously can play our songs but we're more interested in like where's your head at you know like you know so we kind of want to just hang out with you and jam um so he was like in two weeks are you down to fly out here and hang out and jam with us and i was like yeah might have been a couple more weeks i don't know but that was basically what he said. He was like, do you want to come hang out? So we, I flew out to Florida. I jammed with them and it went great. And uh, yeah, we just got along. We did the European tour. And after that European tour, that was like, they were like, dude, like, let's do this. You know, like, like. Um, so after that, you're full time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they were stoked. And I think that was kind of like the big test, you know, because just like all you guys know from being touring musicians, it's like, I mean, anybody could play, but like, can you live with somebody and can you write with somebody? And, you know, you know how it is. So after that tour, um, we started putting together the record, The Sin and the Sentence. And um, we did that in LA. I can't remember the name of the studio off the top of my head, but yeah, we, we did that record and, um, it's, yeah, that was kind of my introduction to the world, I guess, with Trivium, you know, mm-hmm, um, definitely. 
and now how, how was that how was that crossover going from like you know more brutal technical bands to more like in the pocket i mean they still have awesome drumming especially that new fucking album that oh, i right heard on. you play on it's fucking awesome man i love that's like it's almost like relatable to when um caldy cat brought on dave mcgraw yeah um, yeah for, for me it's like once that once dave mcgraw came into the mix i was like i love this band this is like one of my favorite bands now you know something yeah. about having the right drummer in a band like that just totally fits and 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 i saw you actually opening with uh our, our you guys were headlining. It was a switch. You guys were doing the switcheroo with the Arch Enemy um, over in Sacramento. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I was like, I watched uh, you. I, I was hate like, to Damn. Uh, interrupt you right now, dude, but I just got a text that the feed is blacked out. Uh oh. blacked out? Let's see. No, it's not. I'm watching oh, okay. us live I'm watching and it. it's not. All right. <laughs> no, I'm hearing different. myself talk right now. Uh, Sorry, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I think we're good. I just freaked out for a second, got that text. You, you I remember sure that... actually oh. like <laughs> I know that's a little that's a little worrisome. <laughs> Whatever. We'll, we'll release it no matter what. When so I was like, damn, out. we're already an hour into this. Like fuck, the whole dude. thing's been blacked out the entire time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's just all jarbled. People in nope. the chat are saying feed is good. So all right, feed okay. is good. Um, Right on. But uh, yeah, remember actually... beginning again. Let's start over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> know, from yeah, the top. Yeah. Here we go. Just joking. Yeah. All right. Watching Joel. you live actually was just literally like I was like texting you while you were playing, so you get it after. I'm like, dude, you're like the man now, dude. <laughs> like I was like, I was oh, like, dude, you, like man. it's because you know, like you know, there's certain people from the gr the group of death metal that we come from over in <laughs> California. It's like you, Dan Canny, that have just kind of taken it to the next tier, and they're you know opening for like you know humongous bands playing for fucking you know doing what we always dreamed of as, as kids doing and and you're one of the few of that group that has you know moved on and progressed to that that oh, yeah. upper echelon of fucking like being a fucking rock star now like pretty much <laughs> i mean, I mean makes, the nicest uh, one available Grammy but... nominated <laughs> yeah Grammy, Grammy nominated. nominated really yeah jesus right oh, alex last grammy round you guys were nominated yeah tw 2019 man and that that was surreal for all of us you know um yeah. yeah it was crazy man just being at the grammys and being like oh there's cardi b there's uh i think one of the uh one of the kardashians was there the the one that's young and super duper rich what's her name i think it's either kylie or i don't know all anyway yeah all of them yeah but <laughs> i was the, like not the broke one though. yeah <laughs> not the, not the, the yeah. hundred millionaire yeah. yeah but um yeah just looking around that was that was crazy man i never never imagined yeah. i'd be there but i mean yeah awesome. be, was there any with, sick parties or anything after that you guys went to we went to an after party but it wasn't like a it was kind of more it was like a nomination appreciation party like everyone's dressed in fancy suits and there's like an open mm -hmm. bar and there's mm -hmm. like yeah. you know i forgot i don't know the name of them but they're like these dancers that are like in the ceiling but you know they're like swinging on all these like weird I don't, if i could see the chat maybe someone would be able to help me but anyways it was cool it was awesome but like i mean it was just yeah it was it was crazy to be there i was it, it didn't hit me until after like whoa we were at the grammys you know um we had a lot of fun and like just being there like i was like what when we were there we were all kind of in the mindset of like we're not really thinking about winning or losing we're just kind of like we are here this is a this is insane you know mm -hmm. and that's the awesome thing about playing with trivium is like they're they all have that like mindset where they're like super hungry super inspiring and um 
Yeah, I mean, being in a band where like they're all into like extreme metal too. That's a that's another cool thing is like we all relate. Like, like Matt loves everything that I love. All of them do. We all love. The vocalist was in a fucking band on Willowtip, Capernaum. Capernaum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, with Jason Sukoff, I think. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're all into it. And when I came into the mix, they were kind of just like, "Do you?" You know. Um, so. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll try, you know, and it's, it's cool because like Matt and I, um, we're like into the really, really extreme stuff. So like him and I, when we're riding, it's like all blast beats, it's all brutality. And the, the cool thing is Paolo, our bass player, he's the one that knows how to take what we're doing and trim all the fat off of it and be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is how we can make like a song that like more people will be able to relate to, you know? And, uh, Corey's just kind of like the riff king. He's always coming up with killer riffs and solos and stuff. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like we all balance each other out, you know, to make the music that we want to make and and make music that appeals to the fans as well, you know. Definitely, totally, dude. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I've been and, watching uh, a lot of your I mean actually you're you're now uh, uh you do the live streams and stuff with drums and with um like Warzone and shit like that. Um <laughs> and I noticed that I mean Matt's got like Matt Heafy's got like one of the most popular streams like on fucking Twitch right now, right? And, like his streams are like I went and like randomly watched one. It was like like twenty thousand people watching or something. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck, dude? They, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I mean he's really uh he's really like one of the main pioneers of that because I mean Twitch. I remember he, the first time I saw him on Twitch was when we were in the studio recording the sin in the sentence and i was kind of like what are you doing and he's like oh i'm like playing games for people and you know at that time he might have been playing for 25 or 30 people or something like that but he just really stuck with it like he he was like this is what i want to do i want to grow this channel and i want to make this like a whole thing and um yeah now it's 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 crazy seeing how many musicians have gone onto that platform now you know uh it's cool to see you know because i remember like, seeing matt he is he given his you can just hear him talking while he's playing he's talking to an audience it's like commentary type deal but while he's playing or is he just people watching him play uh i think at that time it was just people watching him play but he was like you know getting a lot of gear and all that like he he's 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 like a tunnel vision kind of guy and it's like when you're yeah. around him you could see it you're like oh this guy's like, going oh, thanks thanks for the the fucking kickback jj 71 or whatever yeah with, well with like because don't you get like tips and shit on that can't you yeah get like, yeah, yeah. You well he's yeah he's taught me a lot with that whole world because now he has it down to like a t like back then at least from what I remember, I think he was just playing some games and there were some people watching, but now you look at his setup, he's constantly communicating with people. And he taught me really like how to engage and stuff. Cause I remember he'd asked me for a while or he told me you should start your own Twitch. And I was kind of like, eh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Um, Mm. But then I, I ended up deciding to do it. And I remember my first twitch stream i was like i don't really know what to do i was like i don't know you guys want to see some paradiddles or something like i don't know i was like in europe and i had a drum pad (laughs) and he really just was kind of like dude just like do what you always do when you don't have a camera on you 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 practice why not stream your practice you know uh you play games why not stream your games and yeah now it and now it's cool because like pretty much the entire band streams now and we're able to all get on there and play games with each other and matt's always hooking me up with like super sick 
gear. He gave me this microphone. He gave me these lights that I'm using now. Cause he's just, he's so streamed out, you know, he has like a, like a streaming laboratory in his house, you know, it's cool. Is so in the, uh, the hangar that you guys are building, is that going to be a central streaming station? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, his setup. I know his setup at home, dude, is like, I mean, if you're any Twitch streamer or anything like that, he's pretty, pretty much got the best setup. He's got like cameras on his hand because he, he'll, he'll play video games and do stuff, but he'll also like jam and just interact with people and stuff like that. He'll right. have a camera on his hands, he'll have a camera on his face, he'll have the, like the whole thing going at once. You have different angles and stuff, and he'll yeah. ask people what you want to hear and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, this guy's like pretty much a revolutionary for for musicians. Joel, uh, dude, why don't you stuff, yeah. start streaming? And fucking dude, fuck, dude, have he people is, laughing yeah, at your fucking just streaming all the time, dude. When you see something like that, and you see someone that ahead of the curve, it's it's like basically like, I mean, for me at this age, it'd be like me hearing Slayer for the first time, and then like, yeah, and then next week you hear like some like Spawn of Possession, and you're like, what the fuck is that, yeah. dude? Like, yeah. I can't oh, totally. do that. <laughs> it's too much time is best. I'm fucked now. But uh, no, he's. I, I mean, he's. I mean, you could just tell also too by. His personality is so fucking like you know every he's so like nice and cool and it yeah. seems like you just know him just hanging out with him it's kind of creepy you're just like oh that's my friend now even though I yeah never met you. <laughs> no yeah he has a yeah. way he has a way to make to make everyone around him feel comfortable you know and uh, totally. yeah. it's cool to I always try to absorb all that with whoever I play with or whoever I'm around and being around that all the time is great you know just being around guys like I said that are very kind very humble and very like hungry i'm like yeah like this is awesome like i'm super fortunate to be able to grow and learn with these guys you know so and yeah actually, man in you too i mean watching your streams and stuff i mean from back when we used to hang out back in the day mm -hmm. you were very quiet you weren't very you weren't very talkative back then and and yeah. i mean that's just how it was and and i watch you on these streams now and you're like hey what's going on everyone <laughs> hey, like, hey. Yeah, and i'm yeah. like oh shit i could tell that like you've progressed and evolved and and definitely have the, i think that that streaming has really brought you out of your shell i mean i don't know if that's true or not but i could i could definitely just see it you know from what i've seen from you over the years yeah, it totally. I mean, I think you you nailed it on the head there because I mean, I always saw myself as like, oh, like I could just be in the back and play drums and I don't have to talk to anybody. And mm. I yeah, I mean, I ended up, man, I remember when I, I did my first press tour with Trivium. I didn't even know bands do press tours. I guess they do. I was like, <laughs> we went to New York City and we, we were going to all these places where they're doing like interviews and all this stuff to build you know, press and hype for the new record. And yeah. oh my gosh, I cannot watch those interviews at all because <laughs> I was not, ex I wasn't used to like, <laughs> it was, if you ever watch any of those interviews, you'll, you'll probably laugh because they're just like, so Alex, da, 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 and you did this and this and the record. And like, how do you feel about that? And I'd just be like, good. And then everyone would just start like laughing, like, really? Like, that's your answer. So I had to, I had to learn how to, do interviews and yeah, break out of my shell. And especially with Twitch. Um, yeah, I'm sure my first Twitch streams were probably just as awkward, but I've been able to get more comfortable, you know, cause I want to make other people feel comfortable. You know, we definitely, Anthony and I have definitely, we, uh, our interview cherry was popped when we were like blacked out drunk at uh, Maryland <laughs> death fest <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's on, it's on metal injection. It is. Odious Mortem and stuff. And we're, we, so, I don't uh, even remember doing the interview. 
and we're 22 i, I, I think Hayes we're 22 years old yeah and like we're just fucking wasting the guys like hey come over hey come over like the camera and stuff and the microphones and stuff and yeah. i watched it when it came out and i was like jesus christ yeah. <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> i mean it's still up there and we when people pull it up i'm like just you shouldn't do that um, like, <laughs> yeah it's like and we're just we're just making shit up and i'm like kind of fucking with the the reporter guy and yeah and then the next morning i'm or the next morning then when that gets released like a month later i'm just like gee i need to hone my craft with uh, yeah. talking yeah people. but here we are like putting three hours of conversation and us <laughs> you know talking out of our butts yeah, yeah. We, I mean we've grown up a little bit back then we were like because we were so nervous playing those kind of shows you know Maryland Death yeah. Fest we were kind of like you jumping into that cannibal tour we were like yeah we played like a small tour before and all of a sudden we're playing in front of all these people mm-hmm. and um, all these elitist people too that are very picky about what they hear yeah and, um, you know I got we all you just got drunk before we played and yeah. we're all freaked out we got even more drunk and after got more drunk after than <laughs> people put microphones and cameras in front of us and that was yeah uh, i mean it really is also you want to turn it up to 11 when you're at maryland death fest dude you're like yeah. we're here all weekend we're, you know we're playing yeah. one day and then the rest of the day it's like selling merch and partying and mingling and fucking oh i met this dude from this band i met this dude from this band and then you get too drunk to where you're not even you're like <laughs> let's let's see what happens when we do this in the merch room and you're like ah we shouldn't have done that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. we had ivan in the band at that time too so just yeah he was ivan was uh i was playing guitar ivan was on bass for odious and uh that's like uh, a short-lived odious like a a solid but short-lived odious lineup yeah, yeah definitely that was actually kind of like the last some of the last shows we played um live was with ivan i think so oh like around okay. that time yeah yeah but that was uh yeah that's definitely it's tough I mean, for you you were saying well i mean also for me i mean for everyone we definitely you know we had bad sound whatever it was kind of like you know that's what i was wondering about the oh you're saying just with... that set specifically yeah oh, dude, we're talking about this set so- again <laughs> <laughs> such a joke dude for the seventh time on the podcast yes we train react at maryland Death no I didn't, I didn't i didn't even bring that up i'm just fucking with you i love you <laughs> i didn't hear anything about a train wreck but that sounds like a crazy i'm story. just yeah, i'm just yanking joel's chain dude i'm just so now we gotta so we train wrecked at maryland I was gonna try to leave that out, but uh, all the other train wrecks were in rehearsal studios. That was uh, in front of the biggest crowd we ever played. But then when we came back with Decrepit the first time, because because that was odious 2007, and then we came back like the next year with Decrepit. Yeah, and I was just like. Don't fuck up. Like I was like, it was great. Was it's all weird. good. My my second <laughs> show I ever played with Archaic, I had a I had one of the worst train wrecks of my life. We had to get to Florida. Oh, really? So we played a couple shows on the way. And I remember it was in, I want to say it was Dallas, Texas. You know, I played the first show. I was like, oh, I got this. Like, let's rock. And yeah. then um I forgot the song in the in mm. the middle of the song, and uh. literally the whole band just stops this is the most awkward train wreck ever and i just hear one guy boo yeah it was always, <laughs> it was always one guy in the audience who's all boo yeah, fuck <laughs> he was like oh dude you guys had me on adrenaline for a while now yeah. i don't have any more adrenaline dude yeah. worse yeah. is with a decrepit one time i think we train wrecked and the crowd didn't even know and i'm like that's kind of fucked up like, ah. like we're so we're so tech you that, saved like, it you can't even you saved train wreck. i remember screwing up the end of in time begins in uh in, uh in new mexico new mexico yeah, yeah, yeah in albuquerque yeah. and then like we had this big argument 
No, you you're no. That was a different eye. show. That, that I gave myself a black eye one night. That was different <laughs> with a oh, drumstick. Shit. Well, it was just the the in your ears. Oh, yeah. right in there. Oh. Yeah, that was fun. But no, we we were playing like the gathering of the sick or whatever, like that fest. You know, that was always mm. that one. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, we were like everything was great. Then just like the end of and time begins came, and I don't know what the fuck happened. I mean, it was totally my fault for sure. I, I take full full responsibility on that one. But uh, one two three became one two three four. I don't know. You know, and, uh, <laughs> fucking all of a sudden, Matt's over here, Joel's over here, Bill's over here, and Matt was not oh, stoked uh, after. <laughs> I know those those twenty eight people were super bummed. Yeah, dude. <laughs> was, was that like, double duty? That was a double duty or some shit. No, it was no, just I don't decrepit. think so. I think it was I just decrepit. Oh, you guys have done. Oh, there's no excuse. Multiple? I totally fucked it up, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the end of the song though dude it's cool it's like dude, we're all happens. human dude bubbled out to the yeah. end and anybody finished. who's looking yeah. for inhumane music or inhumane inhuman music <laughs> <laughs> inhumane music would be like uh fucking animal cruelty bands or some shit we weren't yeah. we weren't playing to clicks or anything like back then no, no clicks, like clicks yeah. were not a like oh, so it just man. depended on the uh yeah, it was all on organic. the vibe of the night and stuff like sometimes we would be all oh, excited yeah. and go a little faster. So play way too chiller. fast and, and fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, dude. There's those times where you definitely like, ooh, okay, I guess we're doing this song really fast. Yeah. yeah when yeah. it starts, you're like, oh, shit, okay, this is how it's going to be for the rest of the song. I was in it with Casey. Usually, like, I couldn't even tell until after we, because, you know, we'd play these, like, tours and stuff where there'd be a bunch of YouTube videos the next day. Oh. And we'd watch them, like, and be like, holy shit. Like, I was wondering why my, my arms yeah. were seizing and, like, cramping up. I'm like, why are they, like, I can't play anymore. Yeah. And, like, I was like, I, I guess I'm just, I don't know, it's tour, you know, I don't know. And then the next day, it was like, oh, we're 15, 20 beats per minute too fast. Yeah. And those songs are already super fast, so yeah. it's like, you don't even realize it. Decrepit Birth was the first band that I ever toured with that had me on click tracks, you know. Yeah, I remember like Matt Matt pushed for off. that and uh i was yeah. so, so glad. what do you think that is it's a combination of adrenaline and no yeah. time like, changes always... when you're on stage it's like time just changes dude like yeah. it's like you think you're like going like one two three four it's like what you, what you just like yeah it's like a it's like a fucking dragonfly dude like when you're in that flow <laughs> state like, yeah there's like this time frame of, of reality and there's this time frame when you're on stage all that adrenaline and everything like you think yeah you're going same speed, but you're seeing you're totally slow not. motion, yeah. but you're fucking. But that's what makes a click sick, which I've never toured with a click, which I would love to. But it, it, it would be like the opposite. It'd be like, oh, this is slow and I can dig in and fucking be like solid. And that was like when we when we toured with Black Dolly, we're like, oh, that's how you do it. Like pro. <laughs> yeah. <know>? yeah. Shannon <laughs> yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shannon, dude. <laughs> so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I realized it the first time I like watched a video of myself with Decrypted before the clicks came in the picture. And I was like, why was I playing it that fast? I don't understand. Right. But like like you said, the, the adrenaline hits mm-hmm. and you don't realize it, you know? So I remember once I switched over to clicks, I was like, oh, this totally makes sense. Because then I'd go back to the videos and be like, okay, that sounds more like, like legit, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then I never really went back after that. You know, I still play with clicks to this day and it's funny. Nice. Matt Satello. Yeah. Matt's the one that was like, Hey man, you should, oh, uh, cool. you should try this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually played one show together with the crepid. You um, did. That was yeah, the last played, show that I played the, with. Them. Was that the DNA? That was the last you, show you played with the crepid. It was, it was with you. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. Where was nice. that? No, Cause, uh, so it was at the catalyst. Matt randomly hit me up and was like, Hey, um, so we're doing a, I mean, decapitated offered us this one off show. And, um, uh, you know, it's just one show, so we're not going to fly, you know, Sean out for it. 
and do you want to just relearn a lot of the songs and play them and i was like yeah this is awesome i don't have to tour i could just play like a sold out show and then walk <laughs> away this is amazing because <laughs> yeah. like i just went through all the like you know the touring lifestyle thing was just burnt by this time i was like you know the the not seeing the the you know the results like playing for huge bands or anything and just like grud this hitting the road i mean seeing we were playing really cool shows and stuff but it was just getting to the point where i was i was getting older you know i had to kind of start buckling down with money and living in santa cruz very expensive mm-hmm. um and so they offered me one show i remember on that naveen uh, entheos podcast um it might have been another podcast but um naveen came up to me after the show because he was burnt out on touring at that time too mm-hmm. and he was all dude you get to play one show and just like put your hands up and walk away. So you're living the fucking dream, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, cause like, I mean, that was, you know, you don't have to like get all into it and like, you know, be all grudgy or grungy and fucking make not that much money and come home struggling (laughs) and stuff. And like you still have a job and all that stuff. So, but yeah, that was, that was so much fun. We, I mean, I had so much fun on that show, man. That was like, that was, you were fucking killing it. I loved I looked back at you like many times. It was just like, dude, I'm fucking finally jamming with this guy. I've known this guy forever. <laughs> and like fucking watching you because you, you have really good stage presence too with your playing too. You stand totally. up, you get people going and stuff. And like, uh. I was just so stoked to like get that one opportunity to jam with you, man. Well, yeah, likewise, man. I mean, yeah, I remember before we even played the show, just hanging out. It was awesome because you and I, we clicked right off the bat and we're talking about bands. We're, we're hanging out somewhere in Santa Cruz and we we're just having a great time. And um, it's funny because I remember like watching you, you and Casey on stage in Modesto before I was touring at all and just being like, dude, these guys just, they look like gods up there. They're, this is so sick. And then to be playing with, with, with you and playing with that band a couple years later was super surreal. So even though it was only one show, I mean, that show, I'll still remember that forever. It was such a fun show. And I felt the same way with you. I was like, dude, I finally get to play with this guy that like, I kind of grew up watching play, you know? So, oh, so this is uh, super cool. DNA lounge in San Francisco. No, this is a uh, catalyst. Catalyst San- Santa Cruz. And oh, that, yeah. Okay. That was I the remember, last. I don't know. I got mixed show. up. <laughs> I, Bill I is the kingdom of God. yeah Yeah, bill i miss that guy man i I hope he's doing good oh yeah Yeah. i was at that show um i remember hanging out with spencer edwards outside the catalyst and we're drummer of son of aurelius continuum played that night too right continuum open and continuum drummer yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh you uh, were at that show joseph yeah, yeah, I was watching. I was in attendance. You're like at every show. That's awesome. You're at that one in Australia? You were at that one? Yeah. <laughs> that Europe tour? I was Dude, at every the show. The one that we're uh, yeah, fucking, yeah. uh, Metallica no. played on Antarctica or some shit. Yeah, I, I feel like Joseph I'm going to go there, in yeah. pictures and I'm just going to see Joseph like in the background, like, <laughs> like find Waldo. He's going to be there. Yeah. Just... The... yeah. yeah. Um, I also remember you decapitated, fucking just annihilated, and they got called for an encore. And Apparently they didn't have an encore ready, so they just came out and played the first song of their set again at the end. (laughs) And like enough people like were drunk and whatever didn't notice, so it just went off again. Um, But I was always like, "All right, that's like I should. That's a move to keep. Like keep that first song in the back if you need it." (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, that was a fun show, and I just remember you killed it, obviously, and we're like, "Dude, this guy's great." Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I mean. I mean, like I said, that was one of my favorite bands. I mean, still is I'm wearing the, sh- the dang shirt right now, you know, but yeah. um, yeah, to be playing with them, I was like a kid in the candy store, man. I just felt 
so stoked, you know, because it's like it's different, you know, when it's like songs that you grew up on and then all of a sudden you're playing them with the band and you're this is super cool, man. Um, it was uh, even like that for me, dude. Like, oh, yeah. Even in the early. I mean, I, I was like 21 when I joined. 2004. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, dude, I was like when I met Matt the first time, I was like, oh, shit, dude, that's him. <laughs> yeah that's um that's how i was when i first saw bill at the show that you guys played oh, i was bill, like for sure i was yeah. like he's real he's actually oh. right there i remember the and, night uh, i met bill he had like this beanie on he's all covered up and this is dresden just kind of comes by like yeah oh shit <laughs> yeah i mean the first time i talked to bill it was funny um i what was it oh it you the, you guys were selling CDs at the merch store and uh, I was like, man, I'm buying in time begins. Like I want a copy of it. Yeah. And then I realized, Oh shoot, I don't have any money. Like I, I think I, I didn't have cash on me or something like that. I was like, dang it. You know? And I, I tried to like, like be discreet about it, but I think he saw like, oh, like saw me look in my wallet and I was like, ah, oh. so I just started walking away and he goes, Hey dude. And I'm like, yeah. And then he just literally throws the CD at me that I was, that I was going to try to get. Oh, man, that's and, and that, that's, that was like, yeah. I don't, if I brought that up to him, he probably wouldn't even remember that. But, uh, I remember just being like, dude, this guy's super cool. And then, nice. um, yeah. Do you remember Bill's fuck work rants, dude? Oh, yeah. Did he, did he do that <laughs> later on? Oh my God. He did that yeah. and smoke, work, like, smoke you know. weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, it's the best. Uh, well, mate, yeah. interesting guy to talk Alex. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting guy to talk to, man. Very, uh, very cool and just very, like, I don't know, man, just in tune with the universe. Very, very awesome to talk to him. I loved talking with Matt Satello and breaking. Yeah. Um, what was I going to try to say? Bill's a great lyric writer, dude. Oh, yeah. He takes That's you to sick. another dimension, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like started um, that kind of like mm-hmm. weird psychedelic genre of death metal, like lyrics and stuff. When, where he's like yeah. writing stories, he's like, I'm not going to tell you what it means, but uh, you can make your thing up, you know? Have they yeah, ever yeah. ranted to you about the whole concept of rebirth of consciousness and that whole fucking dude who like clones himself forever and like diminishes down into like this? Has he ever ranted to you about that stuff? He hasn't, but that sounds, I could, it sounds like that definitely rubbed off on Archaic because Archaic had stories that were kind of similar to that, where like the whole entire album concept is like based off of the character. Uh, I want to say the character in ours, I think his name was Cyrix. And Mm. I I would butcher Mm. the story if I tried to tell the whole thing, but long story short, I mean, it's, it's similar to that where it's very complex and it's amazing writing. I mean, I feel like Jared from Archaic, Jared and Chance, they would write Chance, the lyrics yeah. together and they would just come Sick, up yeah. with incredible stuff that like could be in a book that you could buy at the store, you know? And that was that was another cool thing I think about, you know, that type of death metal is like over time, the whole like the bloody gore stuff, it's cool, but it kind of gets old. So it's cool to have lyrics that kind of, take you to places like that i guess yeah it fits know? the band you know like each band's got their thing you know yeah and yeah. it just for that kind of band it just fits and they they kind of pioneered that well i mean there's other bands like origin too and like yeah you know, the origin sing about fucking space and shit dude. Yeah, yeah like I, I love all that stuff i just love when yeah. people kind of like break the rules and i feel like yeah in our region all of those bands did that you know like all the mm-hmm. bands that we've been talking yeah. about tonight and um yeah i'm just that is true it's kind of like a california thing i've actually kind of noticed that it is 
like the space. I don't know where like, mine come from. I mean, there's some celestial stuff in there and some psychedelia, but it's like I'm I'm more earthy. Like yeah, dirt and fucking plants. Sing about and caves shit. and shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> <the> dirt. <laughs> but I like those types of metaphors and connections with Earth and Gaia and all that. Yeah, shit. yeah. That's that was yeah. That was definitely very uh very Bill Robinson. I'd talk to him and just be like, whoa, like I feel like I'm talking to like yeah, Bill's a wizard. <laughs> you know, he's just very. Yeah. But um, but yeah, um, man. If Diego's the riff wizard. Bill's the I don't know lyric wizard I don't know some shit just yeah yeah um I was gonna I wanted to ask about the Lucid Dawn album because that's my favorite archaic record oh right on I just wanted to ask about you know what it was like recording and doing that album with those guys yeah definitely well with that record I think at that time I I had started to play with Battlecross so I did that record in between a couple Battlecross tours um so that record was actually a lot more kind of in and out for me because i was very busy at the time um whereas to metamorphic ignition was more i didn't have a lot going on i was focused a lot more on it although i was sick as a dog on that record that that wasn't fun but yeah lucid dawn i was i guess i was juggling a lot you know or trying to juggle a lot but the experience itself was awesome i mean i loved it i loved working with at that point um, I had recruited one of my best friends, Miguel Esparza, um, who him and I, we grew up in a bunch of different local bands together. And he was, oh, I think from... he's in the chat actually, or he was at some oh, point. Oh, Miguel. Hey, yeah. Vato. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely so... was here. Yeah, for sure. Might still be. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I, I pulled him in and then we were able to get, um, our, our other guitar player at the time, Greg. And, you know, it was like a total fresh, new lineup you know so it kind of just gave a different a, a different taste to everything and just like the first lineup we went out on tour we had a lot of fun and we made lucid dawn and i was really happy with that record i had a lot of fun making it and working with zach um out in, at a was it castle ultimate right mm-hmm. but yeah. was that before shark bite then um i think it was it castle ultimate no i mean well i did both it first it was castle ultimate i think yeah Maybe he rents out Shark Bite, right? That's that's not his studio, right? I'm I'm mixing stuff up, but it was always with Zach at the spot in Oakland. I I think you guys know what well, his, studio I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, working with Zach Joel always amazing. I've done so many records with him, and uh, yeah, I mean by by that point too, like him and I working together, we kind of had things down to a T, like exactly how things are going to be set up, exactly how we're going to run everything. Cause him and I, like any tech death metal stuff I would do in California, it would always be done with him. So it was, it was always great to work with him. Nice. Miguel's uh, saying uh, it was shark bite. He thinks shark bite. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right on. And then I, yeah. th- if I'm not mistaken, I think that Rob from Machine Head, he doesn't he like own that studio now or something? I don't think he records there a bunch. I don't think he, I don't know if he owns it. Oh, okay. He yeah. might though. He might. I don't know. I, I don't know that part of it. He could because yeah. I know that Zach's pretty much his go to guy now. You know, yeah. That, Which that's is where cool. we, we recorded Polarity. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, awesome, yeah. dude. Well, we got some uh, questions from people who have been in the chat. If you guys are down to, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, let's bring do it. it in. All right. Um, so actually, this one's from before the chat. This was on one of the flyers uh, from the episode post. Uh, it was just 
what's the best show you remember playing at the workshop cvdm oh my goodness the workshop the legendary workshop oh my gosh i was just talking to matt about this the other day i was like dude you don't understand i was like it used it was this place where we'd have these barbecues and it would just be brutal death metal all night and yada 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 best show i ever played ever played or ever went to um you know actually it's attended slash played. I think I can read this question as, as either. So that was, Pro- your lo- that was your local venue? This was our local venue. Yeah, man. Okay. It was like a legendary place, man. I mean, it was just, it was so cool. It was a car shop that uh, our friend Ishmael, you know, he just put a little stage in there and just had all these bands come out and play. And you'd have some pretty big bands come through too. Um uh, let's see who played there. I mean, all bunch of, bunch of great bands, but anyways, to answer that question, there was a show that I played with, um, a little side project we had called, uh, oh my gosh, a board aside. That's what it was called. And it was <laughs> the, a board aside. It was the owner and my good friend, Jason Graff. And it was just brutal slam. And the reason I had fun at that show is because it was so laid back. Like we just had a big barbecue cookout before people got there and then we just got up there played some brutal death metal and just hung out as a bunch of friends and then one of the best shows that i attended was um oh, i'm blanking out but it's that really awesome death metal band from germany their singer is uh, defeated from... sanity thank you very much yes yeah. i almost uh, went to that show i almost went but i'd seen them on the sacramento show at the beginning of the same tour so oh, i was dude. like i should go to the second like it was like the end of the tour like they it, they booked the that show like after the rest of the tour had already been booked they decided to schedule that one and oh, i didn't yeah. make it out but i know people that did so yeah man i mean i remember just watching them just crush it and the shows there i mean the building was built like out of this it was it almost looked like how could I say? Like the walls didn't really look super stable. It, it looked like how like a car shop shop would look. So like when they would have hardcore shows and the kids would just be going crazy. If you stood on the outside of the building, you would see the walls like <laughs> like like um you know bowing out about bowing out and you'd hear Someone's all this slamming. slamming. And shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was it was just awesome, man, because it was kind of like. I don't know. It was just had a bit a really DIY awesome underground dude DIY family vibe, you know. And it's like if anybody caused any drama, dude, you'd see people get the crap beat out of them, man. Like they're just <laughs> there'd be so much stuff that would go that would go on at the shop, like so many crazy stories. There was one time a couple years ago where um, my friend Ishmael, the owner, he would rent it out to whoever wanted it for like the night. And uh, there was this kid, this high school kid that like. He wanted to have a little birthday there. And uh, my buddy Ishmael was like, yeah, whatever, cool. You know, do your thing. And somehow there was this mass text that got sent out to mm. like every, all these kids from all these different high schools to come out. And it ended up being like a couple hundred people there. And it got wild because all these cops showed up and it basically like turned into like a riot, like, like people throwing rocks at the cop cars and getting on the cars and like slamming the windows and a helicopter, like just (laughs) crazy. Yeah. Crazy (laughs) stuff would happen like that, man. Like just 
endless stories but anyways enough about that yeah it, it was an amazing place <laughs> well that that kind of is what shapes you is those little communities we've always talked about it like you have that one place that everybody went to you there's familiar faces mm -hmm. becomes a community you know if there is bullshit and it'll it'll fucking get popped out like a pimple quick because we don't fucking want that here you know oh yeah 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 sometimes sometimes that happened but i mean hey you know if you have someone showing up looking for trouble it's like hey well i guess you found it <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. but um yeah. yeah i mean the owner ishmael he would let me practice there like it was just like dude at ishmael if if you see this at all love you and miss you man Shout out, ishmael. thank you thank you for everything seriously he apparently yeah, had the best ponytail, according to Miguel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he had like this. He had the, the Mongol cut. Like, uh, it's pretty cool looking. But yeah, nice. he, <laughs> yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Um, another question. This is kind of like the the you know the big deep question. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, Alex, what is your favorite thing about being involved with music? My favorite thing about being involved with music. I mean really being a part of changing people's lives really just in the same way that mine was changed i mean shoot music kept me out of a lot of trouble i mean it really shaped my life you know because like when i started to get really into music like like going back to that night where i saw tim young i knew at that moment that that's where i wanted to be and that's what i wanted to do and i was determined to do it no matter what and if that meant leaving my friends to the side because they're just getting into a whole bunch of stuff that I know is not going to lead them to the right place. And I'm just going to keep on going this direction. You know, I'll, a lot of my friends growing up, man, they got into some gnarly stuff later on that it's, it's sad, but I'm just, I'm just very grateful that music kept me, kept me focused, you know, cause without it, I don't know where I would have ended up or what I would have done. And I hope that I could be that to somebody else, you know, somebody, I hope that there's a kid that might see me on stage and go, dude, like, I want to be that guy. I, I want to give someone that exper experience and hopefully change their life, you know, give them, yeah, give them that's that. That's fucking awesome, <laughs> dude. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, that's, that's right. You had the eye on the prize very young, yeah. dude. And I think that's yeah. what's so cool about what you do, Alex, and like with metal and stuff is it's not about the like success, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, dude. Yeah, fucking dude, you know. No. Like, it's like... You're, you're like into the fucking music. You want to shred. You want to be a good dude. fucking musician. You want to impress yeah. people. You want people to be inspired by you, which we all yeah. are, man. And, yeah. and like, I just can't fucking believe that you're like, it just trips me out, dude, how, how you like are inspired by me. And I'm like sitting here just going like, you have done thousand times more with your drumming <sighs> than I have, you know? No, and I have man. so much respect for you that it's like, it's just such a trippy thing, but that's the thing about music, dude. Life. The yeah. fucking circle yeah. of life. It, it really is. I mean, <laughs> totally, that's <dude. laughs> that's like how I am every like like I'm not exaggerating. When I every single time I yeah. see Tim Young, I tell him you yeah. changed my life. Like oh, you dude. changed my life. You know. <laughs> speaking of which, I got to add to that. So I saw Tim Young play. Like I don't know how old I was, but with Vital Remains, you know, mm -hmm. at that same venue i've seen a million bands the galaxy and santa Ana and l.a you know and mm -hmm. so and dude just him coming up there it was glenn benton on vocals to yeah. dave suzuki on guitar it was the whole the fucking, fucking thing it was the on. real deal like you yeah know, like at yeah. the time yeah. all the other people later were awesome too but that was just so sick and so yeah. anyways and i remember tim just like i was like 
God damn, that guy makes an eight-inch tom sound so sick. Like, cause he's yeah. like, like, you go down and just flipping the sticks around, and I was fucking like blown away, like, yeah, just floored. And I, I can't remember how old I was. I was like a like a teenager or nineteen or some shit or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think when the bar is set so high like that, you know, like when mm. you're listening to bands like Vital Remains and all that, it shows you mm. what could be done on the kit. And that was one of the things about yeah. watching you play that night in 2008 is I was like watching all these videos and listening to all these records, but that was the first time I actually saw it done in person. And I was like, wow, mm. like I, oh, thanks, I, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So I wanted to be able to, yeah. to do that and learn. Yeah. You know, and, uh, overall, man, I'm just, I'm very fortunate. You probably played it better than me anyways. It's really <laughs> I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know about that. <laughs> nah, but, dude, uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> No, but um, I was trying my best. <laughs> I, I I give the credit really to like the people I was around more than anything. Like, I mean, yeah. I have I never woke up one day and was like, I want to do blah 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 blah, and like Alex this, Alex that. It was always like Fuck I had man. a very positive, uh, supportive family, a supportive yeah. girlfriend that ended up being my wife. Like my wife Christina what was up, at my Christina? first shows what ever. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah man. Cool. Like she literally nice. saw my first show that I ever played, I believe. Not the very first one, but one of them, like one of the most, one of the first awesome shows I played. And she was there and like, she's always been by my side, like through the good times and the bad. And it's like, that's the stuff that really like pushes mm -hmm. me, you know, like in it, in it, I'm grateful for all that. I'm grateful that I had a dad and a mom and a dad that like, mm -hmm. when I said, I want to go out on tour, I'm glad they weren't like, no, like, you're a loser if you do that. They were like, go, you know, do it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out, like you'll figure it out, you know? So I'm just yeah. very fortunate, you know? Well, we've talked about this a lot, like on the, on the podcast with Brandon from faceless, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like, you seem like the perfect dude who's like super professional and easy to tour with like a great attitude, but you're also super professional with your instrument. So it's kind of like, I understand why everyone wants you. Oh, thank you, band, thank you, man. Thank you. You're like that at 19, dude. Like, yeah, just hit the nail. They call he's a natural man. He's a natural. Like he, yeah. he's he. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was a, the kid's you know, got a little it. shy, a little shy for because he was 19, but he blossomed yeah. enough to where I got yeah. to pry into him a little bit after yeah. a month of being on the road with him, and yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew how he treated the, yeah. you know, the live setting how he treated his instrument and i knew how he was outside of all that with all the you know behind the scenes shit and yeah i just knew dude this is the f this kid's fucking gonna be big fucking oh. thing i mean just after Thank talking you, to man. you for whatever le le less than two hours like i i feel like yeah man i could tour with this guy in five minutes <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah. man. I, mean, I, mean, I mean we even ended the rest that of that shit, tour dude. just at at fucking uh jared's <laughs> parents house we stayed there for like yeah the last three or four nights and <laughs> yeah, we all just man. like how, uh, we went down to the river uh or went out to the lake fucking i went wakeboarding that fucking yeah yeah you know, we were actually having some fun dude yeah man we yeah. had a lot of fun and every tour that i've done i just learn from those around me you know i mean i i feel like every tour that i've done i've just gotten better i've learned the what to do and the what not yeah. to do you know i mean Torn with someone like Ivan, who just that dude, if anything, <laughs> the chupacabra. Well, well, yeah, there's there. I mean, a guy that 
will get under the van and just have oil leaking all over him yep. and just literally <laughs> fixing the van, doing all this stuff. You got all, I'm just around all these guys that are just like, they're monsters, not only mm-hmm. on their instruments, but mm-hmm. just like determined dudes that like nothing gets in their way. And for me, each tour I would do with different musicians, like every musician that I've gone and toured with, I'm grateful for every single one of them because I've always mm-hmm. learned something in one way or another and every tour i do i want to try to better myself to to uh yeah i don't know like you said hopefully be easy to to work with and live with you know because you literally have a you have a roommate you know so i don't Mm want to be i want to try not to be the roommate that everyone's like okay this dude sucks (laughs) you know (laughs) no dude we wanted to hang out we wanted to go get food after you know there's times where you just want to act when you're on a package and you guys want to still hang out aside from the fucking gig then you got you got a sick situation going that's why I can, yeah i can stand being in a band with anthony and joel for the last <laughs> fucking yeah. how long it since 2004 i 2005 so, was when i started 18, doing nine, my wow. demos with Six, you guys 17, yeah 16 years. well i was just thinking so you're saying 2003 about when uh you came across what was it slipknot or something like that yeah no, no you yes yeah, so, 2003 you were 10 yeah i think so yeah 19 i was dude. born in 1993 and i was like fuck dude you're like we, the coolest 10 year old ever <laughs> you were doing those double duty tours basically around that time dude isn't that crazy yeah like, well he was only yeah. 10 and 22 yeah. well i from like well you're 10 years old younger than me i'm 83 you're 93 right I'm 93. Cause I, yeah. I, 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 I fucking stalked you a little bit online. Before. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just looked up a discography. I'm just fucking around. Yeah. It was on like, 93. I was like, Oh, I'm 10 years before. 80 yeah. 80. Like mid, mid 2000s, 2003, 2005. That's when I was like, okay, yeah. I'm a metalhead. 2008 on like, uh, I was in, what was I in high school? I think I was in high school in like 2008 or 2009. And that's yeah, when yeah. I, that's yeah. when I was like, okay, deeds of flesh stuff yeah. like i was like now i'm a death metal guy and it's just always like it just kept going and going that. man Sick. yeah that's why it's still that's why it's gonna keep going forever dude it always yeah, starts man, in high I... school that's like a recurring like high school is the time you get into the heavy shit right yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah, i well... want to be an adult fucking yeah that's the new shit fucking heavy shit you know I got yeah the, you know, yeah definitely because like i mean for me it started off like you know the ocean avenue yellow card thing i was talking about but then i also mm-hmm. got really into all the other stuff that was big at the time like uh blink 182 yeah. was still on mtv a lot and green day like american idiot that came out in i want to say oh four yeah. and i was like hooked on that and i remember yeah. my goal as a kid i was like i just want to be able to play those songs and i'll be happy and then i was able to play them and i was like well what's next and then it was like well if i can play this slipknot joey jordison stuff that'd be that'd be great and it just kept going you know yeah do you guys think like i I know joel and i have talked we've all talked about like offspring a lot and like green day like when those bands came out that like influenced us before we we were into metal then there was grunge and all that stuff like like, yeah i kind of feel like i know it's dorky but like i kind of feel like a little bit like as a super young person that like that kind of stuff influenced me into metal later. Like I know yeah, it's dorky. When did Dookie come out? But Was punk like, like kind of translates 90. into that. It's like uh, Motorhead and the, you know, 94, for, me, for me, the first riff that I yeah. really liked was uh, the, the kids are oh, all right by the offspring. Oh yeah. Yeah. That It's like a palm mute riff and that's what got me into metal, but it was like from a punk. I was just saying, I was going to talk on the green day thing because I'm, you know, basically, 
it's like a decade difference. I'm talking like Dookie Smash. Like, yeah. 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 Well, Dookie so, was for me, but American Idiot was for Alex. That's a great album. Yeah. Was, I mean, yeah. I, I think. It's and it's 10 totally years yeah. later, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Trip? Like, it's crazy Day, for him. Yeah. I see what Day, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at a point to where it was an yeah. influential thing for yeah. two different generations, dude. Yeah. Green least. Day is the doorway for so many musicians. I mean, there's you're like, they're yeah. bands like that 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 doing then, that for your, but I'm just saying that's like. And then, yeah, and then, and then Celine Dion comes through with, oh, <laughs> dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, think about like, she can sing, who, dude. Which yeah, one of, yeah. uh, which one of you guys used to play, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you yeah. know, like, oh, we all, yeah, we yeah, all grew up on that, yeah, and man. that was all yeah. like Offspring and all those bands. Yeah, you dude, know? exactly. Like, Primus, CKY, Religion, yeah. dude, all that shit, man. Yeah, like, I feel like that yeah. that soundtrack specifically, like I feel like really uh impacted you know me and a lot of us yeah. you know growing mm -hmm. up <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean yeah, i feel punk. like th there's a connection with punk and metal too you know oh yeah and punk is more commercial like even if it's underground it's still more commercial than like the thrash or metal i mean i mean i don't know if you're comparing like the big four that's different but yeah yeah well they're just they know how to yeah, yeah, they know how to write great songs and it's like no matter what yeah at the end of the day a great song is a great song even if it's something yeah. with three riffs you know it's like any any 10 or 12 year old or whatever could probably play green day but at the end of the day it's like well dang they're just still such great songs we all still listen to them and hum right, them and yeah. know the lyrics it's yeah. it's crazy how that works you know it's like you know i guess i don't know I, i've always tried to look at the best of both worlds like i love i'm like yeah. give me the most extreme with as many notes as possible and then i'm like okay well yeah. maybe i'm in now i'm in the mood for um what's that one song uh jaded yeah, yeah, yeah. brain stew you oh, know something stew. so yeah, simple yeah. Yeah. oh man <laughs> that came you out in your junior high it was like it's yeah. like a palette you find yourself too you find yourself going yeah. like you know when you're younger and hungry you kind of like <laughs> you start with like you know your influences and you get into like crazy metal crazy 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 technical riffs blah blah, blah. Mm -hmm. as you get older you start going kind of back you start going to like yeah. I like catchy yeah. stuff again. Like I want stuff yeah. that just catches in like me. Like a I'm, cycle that well, loops backwards but forwards. Yeah, mm -hmm. you keep life. going back through like the things that you've already done and re like. Like that's why we we have our re love for so many albums that we've talked about many times. I'm not going to mention any of them except for Pierce from Within. But uh, <laughs> who, who's that by? I don't know. What you're talking about <laughs> that's uh, that's the one that like Rob you shelf it for a while and <laughs> yeah. cycle location. back to it and it'd be like the whole fresh. <laughs> deal but it's from uh, within yeah you want that you want to take everything that was so important to you you're like these are like the blips in time that these are the bands that had these blips that i want to shelf okay yeah. i'm gonna have enough time away from it to miss it then i finally am like okay here we go i'm gonna dive right back in and you try it's like a drug dude you're trying to go back to that first time that it clicked with you yeah. there's so many bands that i'm close if you get further away from it there's so many bands I missed out on because I was trying to be so metal and so death metal that I like was like, no, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. I like, can't oh, listen sing? to them. Blah, blah. Like, no, no, like, uh, <laughs> like actually you mentioned kill switch engaged. I actually got into them like two years ago. I got it. Like, yeah. I was like, I actually was like the guitar player fucking rules, man. Like, yeah, like this shit. I'm not going like, to lie. Trivium catchy. is that for me. I'm like getting yeah, trivium? into Trivium yeah, right yeah, now. Same thing. And oh, you got cool. me to actually listen to Trivium because I yeah. never really listened to them. Oh, and cool, because man. like Alex is in the band, I'm, throwing it on going like holy especially the shit that you're playing i'm just like fuck yeah dude i can oh. hear you in there i'm like dude fucking my homies playing in this human like oh yeah fucking like influential huge band now it's fucking super inspiring to watch man thanks man yeah and it's and again i'm still growing because i'm working with a band 
that is teaching me how to try to write songs on the drums too you know like it's like there's sometimes there's sections when we're writing where you know i'm a death metal guy so i'm like i'm gonna blast that entire section out right there and you know i might have palo our bass player i'll be like no like why don't you slice it and then like maybe blast it right at the end so that that way it really counts and i'm like i see what you're going for and then i listen back to it sonically and i'm like that idea was way cooler than what I was going to do. So I'm like able to like keep growing and keep on picking people's brains. Um, And it's a challenge, you know, like playing in a band where it's not just everything balls to the wall, throw it all in the basket. It's like, no, you got to kind of be strategic with it. And I like that challenge, you know, personally, I've just, I've always enjoyed being thrown in situations that I'm not comfortable in, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's That's why you're successful. That's why oh, you're thank you, man. That, that's why it's where any facet of life is, you know, being thrown into risky situations that you're not comfortable with and mm-hmm. and saying, like, you know, being thrown on the stage with Cannibal Corpse or being thrown on stage with Testament. Like, you're like, fuck, I mean, let's just do this, I guess. I mean, I'm freaked yeah, out, yeah. but let's just fucking do it. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's that's it, man. Just bulldoze your way through it. And, you know, like that old saying, you win some, you lose some, but you live to fight another day. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really yeah, true. Exactly. Can you? <laughs> Talk about the upcoming tour you're doing with Trivium. There's some pretty famous bands on that bill. Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. I'm excited it's happening. So we are going out to support um, Megadeth and Lamb of God. And I believe In Flames is on the on the bill wow. as well. Um, uh, never heard and, of any of them, dude. I don't know. You're <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's these guys. You know, underground shit, dude. That's some yeah. boomer metal I've heard. I, you know. Boomer metal. <laughs> <laughs> Racing shoes and shit. Fucking running they shoes. They should put that like its own genre in Spotify. Like, oh, I'm, I'm in a boomer metal mood for today. Um, but no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's really amazing to be able to go out with these bands and... Um, so sick yeah i mean it's there's a lot to it man because it's like we had uh we had all this planned before and the pandemic happened and no one knew it was going to happen i mean right before corona we were supposed to go play in japan and do a whole asia tour and i remember that fell through and i was like man things are getting kind of weird in the world right now and it was like once everything shut down it's like dude like this really is really weird. Like, I don't know if this has ever happened in music period, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, no yeah. one knows what's going to happen. Everything's canceled. It hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> not in our lifetime. It, not in our lifetime for sure. So like with this tour being booked and it's actually on, and it's going to be one of the first major tours back, it's kind of like the anticipation's like wild. I'm like, Whoa, like people have been starving for anything for like what a year now maybe over a year something like that and uh people are gonna have some like spiritual experiences (laughs) at these concerts dude i hope they do man they deserve Um, it (laughs) i mean i want to think always positive like people are like there's gonna be emotional people there's people are gonna have like a an awakening at some of these shows you know because it's it's something that we've missed for so long you know the live music atmosphere dude yeah i'm I'm very thankful that it's happening and um, all the Trivium guys are too. Everybody is, man. I mean, we're just like, dude, it's going to be nice to play. And um, those are obviously incredible bands. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm stoked. I can't wait. I'm starting (laughs) to get to that point where I'm like counting down the days. And And I saw another flyer too. Forgive me for not remembering who, but you guys got a different thing going besides that tour, right? We got, 
Is there Europe was a different announced? flyer I saw for something. Was it Europe? Like, he's like, is it Metallica? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> but uh, um, I, saw, I thought, okay, maybe I'm tripping. I'm sorry. We're, we're do- I think you might have seen a European flyer, which okay. is uh, we're doing that as well. So. Uh, and yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that. That I, I the reason I'm or a it was conf- a festival spot or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little confused because we had everything set, but then everything got moved around and things are still yeah. kind of shifting because of like venue availabilities and different things like that. Like it's been a really kind of back and forth couple months with like emails and management and stuff because it's like we know what we want to try to do, but it just mm-hmm. depends on like I said, venues and bands. And things Which you like that. Expect with us trying to get it back full speed. It's not going to be just like everything's back to the same it was. It's got to ease back in, you know, and figure yeah. out if it works. What time? And it looks like the uh, European 2021 dates with uh, Heaven Shall Burn, That's Tesseract, right. That's right. Fit for Autopsy, Fit for an Autopsy was announced. Yeah, I see the flyer okay. for it here. So that's the tour. Okay. Yeah. Tour, yeah. Thanks, Joseph, for making yeah. me feel like I did see something. <laughs> yeah no you know yeah, you definitely did you definitely right. did i just couldn't remember i'm like i don't want to announce it if it hasn't been announced but i'm pretty sure it has i'm so out of the loop man i'm like the emails have been crazy lately with just like all this back and forth but like i said i'm just glad that things are that actually exciting though right it's yeah i'm yeah. i'm stoked man i mean it's crazy because like so many people were like bummed out that we had to move things around like we had you know we people were like you know commenting on things like i can't believe you guys moved my city around blah 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 blah, and you guys aren't coming here now i have to drive 30 minutes and you know all this complaining (laughs) yeah literally some people were like oh my gosh like i can't believe you guys canceled the irvine show now i gotta drive to la or whatever but um and alex was like that was my decision so yeah because everything is totally normal so i'm like you get what you deserve no um but uh totally uh, yeah yeah it was literally oh. either that or we wait to tour until you know twenty twenty two. Yeah, next year. So I'm like, well, what yeah. do you guys want? You know, and it's like it's not like we're the ones that are booking these dates. We're just the, the booking agency is uh-huh. trying to do anything it can. So now that things are solidifying, I'm like, cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that um Megadeth tour coming close to us? I don't One know. One of if the you've dates. One of the dates is in Concord, California, at oh, the yeah. uh, the Concord Pavilion. Nice, yes. I'll yeah. be there, man. And fuck yeah, cool. You guys are playing the same night as a uh, between the buried and me are playing another part of Orange County, so I have to pick between oh, BT shit. Bam and and when I realized that Alex is obviously playing with Trivium at that show, it was like oh, it made it so much harder because I was like pretty set <laughs> on BT Bam, but now I'm like fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you so maybe, maybe I'll maybe never crowd, forgive you. Maybe I'll never phone. forgive you. <laughs> going, dude. I'm I'll, going. Hold it, I'll hold it against you 20 years from now. I'll be like, yeah, Joseph, remember when you bailed out on our show? That Joseph said cool, live man. on the podcast. Joseph just said live on the podcast. He's going. He's not going to BT Bam. He's going. All right. So, and, yeah. then, and then we'll interview BT Bam, and then they'll fucking catch me for yeah. saying that. So I'm going to look for you Can't in the crowd. Win. I'm going to be like, you better be here. All right. How about? Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Fuck it. Let's do it. Where Everyone go, dude. I want to go to the LA or whatever Southern California as South as it goes. Show. I don't know if they, uh, we have a Southern California show. We might. Uh, I know for to, sure we have conquered though. Come to the Irvine show oh, well, dude, with me, dude. Come on, man. That's oh, is, we're doing Irvine. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Come to Irvine. Oh, Irvine. Oh, this yeah. Megadeth, Joseph, Lamb of God, Trivium. Let me come. 
Dude, I was supposed to see Megadeth so many times, dude. And it was supposed to see him with Ozzy Osbourne, like, right before COVID. It was like, it's going to be with Ozzy. And it was like this rebooking because Ozzy was going through health stuff. And then it was like, oh, I'm going to see fucking Ozzy and Megadeth. Yes. And then it was like, Ozzy was like, no, health stuff. And then he canceled his whole year in 2020, right before COVID. You guys remember that? I don't know. If oh, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. It was but, so all of our tickets that. got refunded, like not even rescheduled. It was like, no, nah, dude, Ozzy is like. Nah. Ozzy's always ahead of the game. With He's the, got uh, your money. And then, and then it was like a <laughs> month later, fucking, maybe Ozzy at the bats and stuff. I don't know, dude. I got a little <laughs> conspiracy going stuff. in my head about the. Or maybe the Ozzy, Ozzy started COVID, COVID with biting a bat. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's all it. He's he's patient zero, oh, man. Sorry. It's been so much in, dude. It all makes sense now. Yeah, that's my favorite theory now. Yeah, because he canceled Yo, 2020 I'm before on your, anybody. Dude. I'm on your deal, dude. I got the iced tea. You ever <laughs> had the iced tea ones? Yeah, they're they're good. Ozzy was ahead right. of the game. Bryce likes him. He knew, yeah. dude. Ozzy knew. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy knew. Need that bumper sticker. You guys are drinking the clock. Oh yeah, because it's I'm out of beer. I think that beer is from Modesto, if I'm not mistaken. I White thought I heard something like that. That's what I heard. Yeah, you guys might have to Google. Joel, it you have better eyes than me. Read the back right now. Maybe as fast oh, as you can. Dear Jesus. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I can't read. If I am, call me out. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be able to see it, dude. I just oh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. okay. Well, dang it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, you're base, you're base I... player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where are you guys all living now? You said that you're in Oceanside, Casey. And San then... Diego, North County. Yes, sir. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I'm so over in uh, in Aptos. Uh, pretty much for Matt, where we jammed at with Matt when we were doing decrepit stuff, probably seven minutes from him. Like I'm, okay. I'm literally down like to an exit from the freeway from him. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm still in P-Town. Same spot you came to. Oh, okay. Right at right yeah. in Pacifica. Wow. Yep. Yep. That's awesome, man. Shit, that I did go to four. Sacramento for a while. I did Trevor, go to Sacramento. I didn't I didn't was only like three or four at that time. Wow. Yeah, he was young, dude. He's almost ten. He'll be ten this year, dude. That's insane, man. So That's should so we I don't know. Crazy. I know this is a, a podcast about metal, but <laughs> You're, oh, yes. about to be, you're about to be a father i don't know if that's public knowledge at all but it is yeah you're yeah you're about to be a father so that's coming up in a dude. few weeks right you just said so i'm, I'm coming uh, up i'm counting down the days man yeah we uh we got a we got a due date that i'm not i'm not going to announce the date yet you know because but um rarely does it land it's on like a tour <laughs> no no it, it actually it, it ended up working out perfect honestly um with the tour getting moved around and all that so i'm super excited man i'm just like literally counting down days man i'm like wow like this is this is crazy it's something that we've always wanted and it's just it's literally been like my whole world like my focus like mm-hmm. above oh. everything above music and touring and all that like I'm that stuff's still there, but it's kind of been in like the back of my head because all I'm thinking about is just this baby that's going to be here, you know. So and wait until the trick is hold your baby, dude. Wait until you actually hold that baby. Oh, dude, I'm I already know. I'm like, don't I hope no one has a camera around or anything because I'm going to be <laughs> oh, like, you're going to be waterworks, bro. I'm going to be like that dude that was on that show, the that he does that weird scream where he's like, <laughs> I still love you. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be me. That's totally going to be me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you hold the baby and you're all, what's up, dude? 
<laughs> no, so, dude. Yeah, we're we're both really right, excited. Checking man. calf That's... muscles, make sure they could do the double base. Oh, she's already doing that in Christina's stomach, man. It's crazy. It's you know. Oh, I mean, I'm she's, sure she's in the chat. She's in the chat right now. She said induction date. Yeah, she's uh. Oh, she's not breaking any any news here. Are we gonna? See yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, the baby, I could see it from good. the outside in the stomach, and I'm just like, wow, man, that's, like, awesome, that's crazy. Man. She has mm-hmm. she has music that she loves. Uh, we love. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like that's she's really into too. like um heavy bass. So we put on like Earth, Wind, and Fire, Thundercat. Thundercat's like her Thundercat's favorite. playing tomorrow here in, in Santa Cruz. Yeah, I'm trying that's to get what t- I heard. I'm trying to get tickets, and um, I didn't know i mean i'm kind of behind finally the on borders are you just going with uh, i'm down i mean joe sure. lester kind of got me into it and like he was talking about a bunch of so i like listened to it. you showed me it uh yeah joe lester has to fucking get him, a bit an still, actual bass player has to get him in i mean you know like it's, it it's like it's the that. first concert fucking playing in santa cruz with thundercat that's the first one like opening You're up santa fucking cruz have a much. blast for, dude i don't have, have tickets dog oh rubbing it in um, anyone no, in the I, chat got extra lost, tickets let us know yeah yeah if you got an extra <laughs> ticket i will pay you and buy you drinks and do the whole thing so thundercat anyway. if you're listening it'd be cool to to get a to <laughs> yeah. get a hookup dude, that, would be the, that would be that would blow my mind dude oh <laughs> that man. actually worked i'm a i'm a we're thundercat super fans <laughs> dude oh yeah that. i love that drunk record i haven't dove deep into anything after that because i want to actually like give it my attention and i just haven't had a sliver of time mm. to like sit down with something without having you know something else going on so right right so that drunk record just it's it's definitely there for me all the time dude yeah yeah, yeah man so like alex the... does a does a oh sorry to cut you off does does the trivium dudes are they fathers or is it just matt or because i know matt has kids right i don't um, know matt has twins actually um mm. and paolo our bass player uh his girlfriend is pregnant as well and um yeah it's it's crazy we we might be having kids like the same week same day so hey, it's crazy dude, you guys all li- live near each other that's actually a good thing dude like oh yeah we're we're already a family, setting man. up ho- homies for them you know oh totally yeah we're we're a huge family out here man i mean we we uh we get together on the weekends uh, now you know now that we're all vaccinated and all that we've been getting together and just having like eat you know big barbecues and ordering food and just hanging out and it's cool you know like you said i mean all the kids will be able to play together our dogs play mm-hmm. together now and uh yeah it's just crazy man like we we went from like never planning to leave california to like all of a sudden we're out here there's all this stuff going on and we have this like big family that's like growing all of a sudden you know so it's super how'd crazy your dog, how'd your dog handle the cross-country drive oh she was great her and our two cats we had her oh, wow. and our two cats cool. in the car and um they all did really good man we were just so like so proud of them you know because i mean <laughs> That, obviously those are long crazy drives yeah. but we did it and they did great and um yeah we're just we're just thankful and they seem to be digging it here you know i mean our spot here is a little bit bigger than what we had in california and you know brookie has paolo's dogs so it's is it's it cool, more man. humid oh yeah for sure oh, yeah. it's it's brutal. brutal but you know that's you expect that with florida thankfully uh AC's pretty cheap out here, so we just keep that bad boy cranked twenty four seven. 
yeah. in Santa Cruz, like AC is not a thing. You know, it's yeah, like, there's not, not like a you know, there's yeah. probably one air conditioning company out here. It's like not something that people do out here. It's maybe to to cool down some like IT equipment or pot plants. You know, like that's all. That <laughs> yeah, <AC> it's like <laughs> it's like Europe. Like uh, I don't know if you guys have ever like gone to Europe and wanted to not be dying of heat in the summer, but yep. it's like. They don't believe in AC out there. It's crazy. Like everybody out there, they say it'll give you a stiff neck. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they'll just sit there drenched in sweat, like over hundred degrees. I'm like, dude, no, I, I need to, I need my AC. Pretty, and their, their beer's warm too. All their beer and yeah. all their, like, their milk and dude. stuff is all warm and stuff. Yeah. It's like, I remember like going out to like getting our, like, you know, our uh, writer stuff and it'd be like show up in the morning sometimes and like get cereal and just pour this like warm milk into it and i'm like yeah. am i gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then you ask about it and they look at you like you're crazy so i'm just like all right whatever this is just the way the way the cookie crumbles out here that's cool i guess <laughs> yeah. and it's one of those things too i mean i know i was in sacramento for about four or five years mm-hmm. but uh you just get used to it it takes about three or four years and sometimes yeah. you walk outside and you're you're sweating and you're like yeah i'm sweating that's just what yeah. happens like you just get your body kind of acclimates i remember going from sacramento coming back to santa cruz and i was mm-hmm. fucking freezing like like i was <laughs> yeah. like i was like it's 55 degrees right now like what the fuck i'm gonna die of like i'm gonna freeze to death i remember like the bathroom going to the bathroom we didn't have like any heater or anything like in my old place i had like all the ac heater all the stuff because of the weather conditions yeah but here it's just like yeah it's 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 uh you know you're gonna be fucking shaking getting out of the shower now you know it's like yeah it's yeah but you're and i'm acclimated to that now so it's it just takes about a year or two and then you're just like yeah that's the weather you know that's just yeah. what it is i don't really have a problem with the heat personally i mean i i just kind of look at it as like okay well when i go on a run it's just going to be more of a challenge which i guess especially now that tour is coming up i'm kind of using the humidity and the heat to my advantage i'm like all oh, right totally. i'm gonna I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to jog, but I'm still going to be drenched head to toe in sweat. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. a, try to look All at it that way. In the sweat, you know? dude. Yeah. When you're coming from like a, a beach town like us, and then you're going, hitting up like certain venues, sometimes they just, you know, they don't believe in AC and you're just like playing and it's like a 98 degrees inside. And yeah. like, you're like worried pink, about like passing out on the, stage, the pink eye in Toledo. Ohio. Oh yeah. We've had multiple of those venues where they're just like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's 110 with a, like 90 something percent humidity and we don't have ac so yeah you guys go play now it's just like sitting there just chugging as much water as you can but because you're in that climate now you probably can get acclimated easier and you don't have to worry about that yeah definitely i mean there was there was a show that trivium played in 2018 in austin texas and it was that same exact situation it was like probably Mm -hmm. one of the hottest days like ever and then the ac went out and it was a sold out show and I remember, dude, that was one of the hardest shows I've ever had to play. And everybody, not just me. I mean, we were all just dying up there. And kudos to the guys, man, to like Corey and Matt and Paolo still jumping around and moving around out there. Because like when we got to our last song, I remember I, that was one of the first times I started to actually see kind of like double vision. And I knew my body was like mm. literally shutting down. Like I, I chugged as much water as possible and it was just dripping out of me and i was like dude this is crazy because not only for the band but for the people that are like imagine being like a sardine in the middle of the room and you're like stuck in there i'm like dude that's so Ah. dangerous i don't know how they got away with that (laughs) drinking like uh you know beer that takes away your hydration 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the negative water while in that yeah. fucking situation. Yeah. Some some Bud Lights in there, man. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Is there anything going on in the chat, Joseph? Anybody? Uh, Anybody paying yeah. attention? A lot of people uh, telling stories about ACs breaking and just <laughs> chat, you know, chiming in with the temperature stuff. Um, Dude, how uh, see that's what sucks about you know I'm I'm gonna bring up some behind the scenes stuff, Casey. I'm calling, I'm put, kind of putting you on the spot here, but it's like uh-oh. we're gonna if we delete uh-oh. this video and put up a different one, we lose all that chat, you know, that goes along with this. Does it stay on the live? I don't even. I mean, once mm-hmm. the video is up, I don't think that stays on. Does it the chat? If, it, if uh, we were to just leave it up, it if it's a live so. chat, yeah. is it on the video after it's uploaded? I don't even know. I think it is if we upload it the way we did the first time. But if we don't do it like that, we will. So lose yeah, the chat. So Anthony, I love what you're saying, but I don't think we're oh, anybody. Okay, so that just we're, goes away. No <laughs> we need to like upgrade. So we're you know we're fucking you know. No, I'm we just, all work I, a lot. And, no, 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 you're awesome. That. I'm just Can letting I, the world know that we're. We're learning as we go with this whole thing. So like, can, I can yeah. spit some highlights. We just, we're from total the chat. noobs to the, all of this. So, uh, so some highlights yeah. are Jared. Jared from Archaic showed up. Oh fuck yeah, Jared. Jared. I love Jared. Jared, yeah, love That's you, awesome. man. Um, uh, uh, sorry, dude, brain fart. Nate, Nate from Ontogeny has <laughs> been hanging uh, out. And, what? Uh, oh man, yeah, that's so going. cool, dude. I love that. We shit. Gotta, yeah, dude. And I love uh, you guys, guys man. More interactive. Love all you guys. My favorite chat awesome. moment where he was, I guess we were getting into some serious music talk and stuff. And then he was just like, all right, guys, who's, I want, you know, when are you guys going to start crying? I want an Oscar moment. <laughs> 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 I guess we were touching some, some hearts and souls out there with oh. some of our earlier conversations. So, all right. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. We're still brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm, I, I, I have a dorky that. thing to bring up, but whenever there's like time for nothing else, uh, I think we probably should be wrapping up now because it's getting pretty late over in East Coast late. area. Yeah. So what was it? Uh, if you want to, it's kind of it's it's kind of relevant. Wait for Joel to be back for the. You were talking about the streaming of video games. You know, yes. And uh, it was kind of funny because it's like, you know, like in this day and age, people like watch YouTube channels of people like playing video games. And I, I totally understand it because like, like back in like, you know, fuck. And I was like a kid, like, I don't know, like the early 90s, mm-hmm. I would like go to my friend's house and he would play Super Nintendo when it first got the Super Nintendo. It was like 94 or whatever it came out, whatever, 93, something like that. And I would just do I sucked at like I would play, but I just wanted to watch him play. And his mom would make the best fucking sandwiches and cookies and shit. We just hang out, and I just wanted to watch him play games, and we'd just kick yeah. it and talk. And he would shred like the games, you know. And like, it's kind of funny. It's like, oh, that's what people. That's, I get yeah, it, dude. The pre-version, like the of watching that. of. So you were saying, the, the the dude from Trivium was it Matt? Yeah. He he does that also as streaming music, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He does both. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I totally see what you're saying, especially if you're watching someone that's good at the game. Like, yeah, like I remember when kids first like I started hearing about like big streamers. I was like, wow, that's that's so bizarre. I don't get it. But then I started playing Call of Duty and I realized how bad I suck at it. And then I started watching like the big, big guys, like guys like Nick Merckx and Tim the Tapman, which they're in 64. Yeah, I mean any any of those yeah. dudes that are like the top guys, you watch them cool. and you it's yeah. like it's like when you first learn to play an instrument and then you watch the best guys and you're just like 
Yeah. Oh, they like, you're interested in it. You're like, whoa, like this is amazing to watch. Cause you like, you understand it. So that's really totally dude. what that's it's been like point. for me, you know? So yeah, the, the, like we talked about it with uh, Dallas from uh, Nile and um, narcotic wasteland last, cause he's super into the video games. Now he's getting into it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I recently, someone was moving out of town, give me a PS4 and I had that game and I was like, eh, I'll, you know, I was playing like the team deathmatch and just for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stuff that I remember doing back in the day when I was living with, uh, Lee from a stratosphere he would just have mm-hmm. his p there's a xbox i just play call of duty um and then i played warzone and started to understand what it was all about and i was like mm-hmm. holy shit this is addicting as fuck like this is like yeah like you get like deep into it where and you're you know as people that are so good at it that you're just like it's it's maddening i mean i don't know, like I mean, i've seen you actually on your your feed and stuff you you win sometimes don't you yeah, I mean, we win a lot and I'm definitely the one God. who does, who is not, I'm not responsible for that, but I mean, I, I mean, sometimes I'll do. Oh, so you're playing in teams? Yeah, we play in teams and oh, they, my team okay. usually cool. always has to carry me for sure. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not like a natural gamer. Yeah. Like I grew up playing Grand Theft Auto 24 seven and then I got into music and I was like, all right, like yeah. that's my thing. So okay. going back into it, it's crazy because it's like, cool. it's, it's, it's cool to do something that I'm not good at. Um, but it's, it's definitely, it's a challenge, you know, cause games these days, they're more complex. Like when you're playing something like Warzone, it's not just Rambo shoot everything in sight. It's strategy. It's so timing. Strategy. It's yeah. luck. You know, it's like, it's a lot of things that go into play and with all those games, whatever it is, Fortnite or whatever kids are into these days, that sounded like a boomer moment right there, <laughs> but, um, I don't even know what that is, dude. Grand so. Theft Auto, I, I mean, I know I, I, my, <laughs> forefront memory of grand theft auto is literally having the cheat codes finding a place on top of a building to just snipe and like rocket cars and turn up the gore and then know how to turn off the cops and just do that for like hours dude just yeah yeah dude i was playing like like goldeneye like james bond goldeneye like on like n64 or some shit or whatever it was and then before you know that's basically warzone's like a fucking goldeneye on like mega steroids with (laughs) yeah with 150 people in the same map oh man yeah i i I try playing those modern games and i just like start and just like instantly die and i'm like (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) can't even like start the game dude yeah i mean for for me video games definitely opened me up to a lot of music you know i i was talking about the slayer thing with vice city but it also i mean that game is supposed to be based in the 80s so there was a lot of 80s music that was playing so i got really into i mean i i I still love 80s music grand theft auto san andreas is one of my favorite games ever made and that's supposed to be in like the 90s and it's Mm -hmm. all it has just a bunch of like gangster rap in it and i i love all that stuff to this day i love that west coast you know everything snoop dogg cypress hill you name it all the bay area rap and and i definitely think it had a lot to do with just i always see you repping it i know you're down oh dude i i love dude west coast rap like dude that's like I love that stuff as much as I love metal, man. Uh, um, but yeah, man, I just, I, you ever play anything like that on your streaming? Do you ever like play along yeah. with that? Here and there, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not great at it. So I, I don't like to do things. I don't feel like I'm doing my, my best at, but I'll do it here and there for fun, you know, but then I'll, then I'll watch someone like Tony Royster Jr. Do it. And I'm just like, yeah, I want to do it like that. Well, dude, that, kid, that guy what was, was like shredding when he was like six. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, he had like those. I he mean, was like famous. I heard about him. Was oh like, yeah, oh, dude. Me too. Let me let me kid. ask you this: When you yeah. listen to the uh, Dre shit and the NWA shit, like, but then you listen to the P Funk shit. What was first? Was it mm. Parliament Funkadelic or was it Dr. Dre? The first time you heard those those melodies. Well, it's probably Dr. Dre, dude. Um. No, I mean, it was actually because of my dad. It was oh, the older stuff. Sick. It was my nice. dad had me into <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the original stuff. Okay. So like, well, you, you come like, across you know, Dr. Dre yeah. shit and you're like, yeah, oh, dad, yeah Dr. Dre. I've heard that before. That's fucking yeah. P-Funk. Like I remember, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, today yeah, yeah. was a good day by Ice Cube. I remember hearing that and going, oh, my dad used to play this all the time, <laughs> you know, yeah. but he played yeah. the older version. That's you know? man. <laughs> shit, dude. And you're younger yeah. than us. That's like the correct way. I mean, you know, linearly, is that even a word? Linear is just popping up so much i'm just like that i wish that happened to me and i was younger than you dude <laughs> yeah no i mean i i my parents played motown fortunate. for their credit but oh yeah motown oh, yeah. Too. but, it, but they didn't play p-funk yeah but i mean they may have gotten into the p-funk shit but mostly motown for my parents too yeah, yeah. my dad Real he was shit, he played oh, yeah. a lot of funk and stuff growing up you know like i mean that's what he he toured back in the day all around you know all around the world and he he came from like the oakland funk scene so like he slaps like his bass like nasty like victor yeah, wooten I, style so i nice. i was able to grow up jamming with him and just you know being exposed to all that you know i mean that's that's a whole nother thing in the bay area aside from like metal and everything we've talked about i mean Sly and the Family Stone, all the all of the crazy you're, funk tower of power, you, you, tower are, power. You, know? you are the tower baby power, Mozart yeah. of drums, dude. No, no, <laughs> like, no, like, no, I no, just, no, no, no. But I'm saying no. is, if you got to hear everything at an early age, like all sick, yeah. and that's why you're, it, it's your dad. That's you why mean, you're so you fucking sick at a young power. age, dude. I'm very my fortunate, high school yeah. new metal yeah. band. My first recorded demo was in Tower of Power's rehearsal studio in San Francisco. Oh yeah. no way! Yep. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, on man. a fucking four track with some guy that my dad knew, but he just had access to their rehearsal studio. So except I, he was covering uh, Counterfeit by Limp Bizkit, bro. <laughs> no, dude, it was all original shit. But don't ask me <laughs> to fucking resurrect it, dude. It was terrible. Yeah, man. I mean, that stuff's that stuff's no joke. Man. I wasn't yeah. terrible. It was fun, dude. Actually, <laughs> to be honest, like at that time, I was I was. You know, I backed it because it was like my first real creative project with other dudes, you know? Yeah. And we, we wrote all that shit in the garage, doing it, you know, we had practice every week, couple times a week, and you're fucking really building songs as teenagers. You're like, okay, this is it's it's art, dude, mm -hmm. to you at that time. Then you look back on it and you're like cringe but like that's <laughs> yeah. what you were into at the, you had you had the energy playing it live then. You know, yeah, you you want you had the ambition to do those songs, so it's like you can't knock your previous self. No, not at all. That's how you grow. Yeah. You know, there's that. That's how you grow. You know, but I and, learned quick that I can't sing clean vocals, dude. <laughs> yeah, you learn your strengths and your and your weaknesses. You know, and that's why, like what I was saying earlier, as much as I love gospel music and church drumming, like I would never call myself a real church drummer a real church drummer is someone like eric moore i mean he, he's not just church he's everything but you know what i mean like i just i love that stuff and i'm inspired by it but i know that my natural language yeah. is metal and that's always been my natural didn't language, he play you know? for su su suicidal tendencies too Oh, dude, he's played for everybody. He played yeah, for Suicidal so Tendencies, yeah. P. Diddy, uh, so who else? Seek other languages as Tram. Well, 
I'll yeah. say it again, dude. I, I I wouldn't push someone this hard if I didn't believe in it. And I fucking love that you brought this up. But dude, again, you need to check out Eric Moore. Everybody, oh, yeah. that's my if you hero, care man. about drums at all, everybody, that motherfucker is Write so sick, dude. Yeah, Eric. So you don't forget it. Put it on a post-it note on your mirror. He's yeah, like I the, mean. <laughs> Dude, I'm not there's all around. those guys. There's so many incredible younger drummers too that are just on that level. Like there's yeah. Mason Goodry, Andy Prado Jr. Um, this is one of the things I, I was excited this. to get yeah. into because I wanted to break this open for some people that there there are people that are discovering new things by mm -hmm. listening to this podcast. You know, if you pay attention yeah. enough to the comments and stuff like that. So <sighs> this is one of the avenues that I think that is some these guys need to break into that and really find out there. This is this whole new realm of sick, sick. Musicians. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. I mean, the, the, the first, I, I kind of call it like the first, the gospel chops wave that happened in like the early two thousands, you know, it was like Eric Moore, Tony Royster Jr. Mm -hmm. Thomas Pridgen was a huge one. He was, mm. he was like yeah. the gospel chops, like guy, you know, everybody knew him, sure. but man, it's just kept going and going, you know, cause a lot of yeah. those guys, they, they grew up in the churches, but they didn't always have like YouTube and stuff. So it was like, I remember 2004, 2005, that stuff started to get really popular. And now you have a whole new generation of just absolute monsters like if you guys want to see unbelievable players look at Who's i that mean luke guy luke um i fucking forgot holland oh luke holland yeah 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 he's a sick one too sorry go yeah ahead. super sick super i love sick. how you're shouting out all these sick drummers I, i'm just all about it i'm like yeah exactly. oh dude um, yeah dude, check dude. out mason goodry man mason goodry another guy that changed my life forever forever <laughs> Sick. Nice. I'm gonna. Yeah. I don't know that guy. I'm, honestly, I'm gonna. Yeah. Say that. Do, you, do, yeah. do you follow uh, Grayson uh, New Newcrutman? I've actually never said his name out loud, but <laughs> no. he's like Is he a, big on Instagram. Yeah, he's like a mm. jazz drummer. I feel um, like I've seen him before. Hmm. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. He's insane. It's yeah, absolutely insane. I mean, there's all yeah. the like classics like Vinnie Caliuta and Steve Gadd and you know Dave Weckl and all the fucking dudes. But it's like it's so yeah. sick. These modern dudes that are just so fucking rad, and they bring something new to the table. Yeah, and yeah. I, but I do think it's really important. Like, wait, 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 you keep mentioning Tony Tony Royster Jr. and I was like into that dude like back in the early 2000s, and he was like a kid. Yeah. Oh and yeah. I was like. Oh, that's the fucking and not only was he so sick he was doing all of that shit all that gospel yeah. stuff and like he's kind of like to me the poster child of that whole thing you know? yeah totally literally um and uh yeah man that yeah. guy is so fucking good it's so funny because like i Eric think Moore, same yeah style. i think yeah. from what i've what i've observed it seems like a lot of those guys like they don't want to be called gospel drummers oh really it's, yeah it's it's huh. funny because like it's like they don't want to be called gospel drummers, but that's it's that's just kind of how the world. Well, why? I'm curious. I'm just curious. I th I think a lot of them. It seems like they don't want to be put in that like label of like, oh, I'm just a church drummer, you know, because oh, they can do like so much okay. more. It's like limiting. Definitely yeah, not. yeah. Because yeah. I've had some interesting conversations with guys before, and I'll go to like the top dudes, and they're like, I'm not a gospel drummer. Like that's you know like. It's huh. kind of just like this name that got slapped on them, but I mean, you have to but think gospel like, chops is the the term, right? Yeah, exactly. Gospel chops. I mean, I've seen videos of like Chris Coleman talking about it and saying like, yeah, like when those DVDs started to blow up and all that, like 
people just didn't know what it was. It was like a whole mm-hmm. world that wasn't really like, you know, um, a whole world that wasn't exposed yet. Yeah. So it just kind of became like, oh, like that's a gospel chops drummer. And I think it kind of started to be viewed okay. as like, oh, like that's, he's only a gospel chops guy. Cause yeah. you'll in the drumming community, mm-hmm. you'll hear all the talks of like, oh, he's a chopper or he's, he's pocket. He's a and chopper. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's pocket. No, I've never heard that actually. So Alex, yeah, what like, would be like, a, give me like one or two or three for the listeners and watchers, like mm-hmm. albums that they should check out specifically on but it's like the, the drummers though like rather than yeah, the it's from, so it's like from these drummers though they have yeah. albums out right well go ahead yeah <laughs> no i was gonna no, go ahead and finish i i'm i don't want to finish you i, don't I was to. gonna i was gonna say yeah there's a lot of albums but when it comes to the albums it's a lot of times from what i've seen it's based more off of like the the choir doing like a live performance but it could be a different drummer you have to it's improv the stuff that we're talking about it's the yeah yeah i want to follow the drummers on go down the youtube follow their you their yeah i mean yeah i mean if you go if you type in gospel chops Mm -hmm. you know you'll get plenty of stuff that pops up you know um i actually i like to follow this page called on youtube it's called chops licks and grooves and it's literally just it's just every day they just upload videos of random guys. Cause you have to understand like in that, in that world, it's literally just, there's endless guys, you know, and it's hard to keep up mm-hmm. with them. You have your main names, but then you also yeah. have like thousands of other guys that are monsters, but they're just not yeah. really well known. You know, they it's play like a lot of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that page is cool because I get to discover a lot of names that I wouldn't have discovered. Do you know uh, Eric anyway. Harland? I know that name. Eric That's Harlan, dude. Eric Harland. That, I, I know that name. But he's more of like a jazz, like crazy, yeah. like like all around the place. But he can do all that stuff, dude. Eric yeah. Harland. You should check him out with an, with an A. So Harlan with an yeah, A. Yeah, I know that dude. name. I know that name. I feel like I've he watched like him on He is like one of YouTube. my favorites. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's crazy because I feel like a lot of the, uh, I say church drummers because I know a lot of them, they don't like to be called that. But yeah. it seems like they've taken the natural pocket and feel that you get from playing in that environment and mixed it with the guys that you were mentioning, Casey, like the Dave Weckles and the Steve mm-hmm. Gad and all that. So it's almost like this hybrid of like mm-hmm. very nasty, heavy pocket with all of yeah. these nasty licks from yeah. the old timers. It's For pretty, sure. pretty awesome. To it's see. like they're loosening up their pocket, you know, because everyone can put the pocket, right? Like right, the right. backbeat, the two and the four, you know, just, that, you know, I think the, from this podcast, we all should just learn. We all need to loosen our pockets, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit. Yeah. I mean, me coming from no drum background and like, and, and being the, uh, seeing the, uh, the gospel chops videos and stuff, mm-hmm. like the fact that it was called gospel chops always kind of threw me off. I was like, why is this? I mean, because it was just like shredding, like kind of jazzy, kind of like you know, fluctuating, like mm-hmm. uh, breathing, kind of like drumming. It was it wasn't you just never didn't like... see the connection. Yeah, the connection. Like I, I can see why they don't want to be boxed into being called, you know, church drummers or gospel, whatever. Because right, I can see that right. that's like because that's such a specific thing to link it to. It's not like mm-hmm. I know it's, it's nothing to do with yeah. music. I mean, I mean, gospel is there's there's music. Obviously, there's gospel, which is music. I mean, there's music in that. But like, yeah. throw that like shredding, like drumming over, and just call yeah. it gospel. I was like saying, kind of you're a metal me drummer. Off. That's all you can do. You know, right? Right. Well, no, yeah, but it's, also it's kind it, of like, that same concept. But just like even like linking the word gospel to that kind of free jazz shredding drumming, yeah. kind of always like confused me. I remember because I. It, 
I could not link it. Well, I mean, to anything. And, and watching these, okay. these two guys just like like jam back and forth, and like they, I mean, they were wearing like the regalia, maybe of little like a uh, of church, you know, had the church. It's not about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what Where I didn't understand. Was like, yeah. I want Joel to finish because he's making a great point, oh, okay. and I just want to oh, chime no. in after yeah. you're done. I'm just saying I didn't see the link between gospel and the drumming, and, and watching them jam, and um, yeah, I basically saw it as like a free form kind of jazz battle, kind of, mm-hmm. and and the fact that they called it gospel chops, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really get that, but if that's what they want to call it. You know, it's they're shredding everyone else, so they can call it what they can call it fucking. <laughs> Sandal rock, if they want to, you know, yeah. they could, sandal yeah. rock. I mean, it's dude. funk drumming on steroids. It's like it's like yeah. jazz with mixed with funk. So like, it <laughs> all Jimmy it all Buffett? relates to different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my perception of gospel drumming is like love me some Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all good. I'm just chatting. But like, yeah. it, it's basically like to me, and my perception of it is like such a sick take on drumming over that music that comes from the church so they're they're like playing over to these songs whatever it is in the church that they're doing but it's like full expression it's like it's not like you know like Mm -hmm. like this like you know sing-along thing it's like everyone the singers everyone in the whole church like that like it's like the same thing as like a gospel choir you know like that whole like like they like approach it differently it's not like an yeah. orchestra it's like this soulful dude james brown man yeah like well, that all comes from that shit. Self. yeah like, they're speaking okay, with their whole brown. self so it's, on it's, a drum it's, that yeah. you're using your whole self dude they're yeah. speaking yeah. with their whole self well dude. yeah and okay. there's different like there's contemporary christian music which i love all that stuff too but that is completely yeah, it's totally different, different. Yeah. that's that's like uh, what i'm talking about is like ty chabret fred hammond like you that music is super duper funky like i'll never forget going into mm-hmm. some of those places and just kind of trying to lay simple pocket and literally yeah. feeling the bass player like popping around me and the organ player like yeah. hitting these like it, it brings right. something out of you that you yeah. can't really oh, okay. explain Dude, you know it's, have you it's, seen that that classic bootsy collins bass lesson video that's like super short it's like a minute long he's got the, the star sunglasses and he's like is like this is Bootsy Collins' bass lesson, and of course we know Bo- Bootsy <laughs> Collins played bass for the the later group of James Brown, and then mm-hmm. also of course in you know Funkadelic and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so he like he's like all like yeah, it's all about the one, baby, and he's just like banner ding 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 one, just like James Brown, like it's all about the one. You you find that one, and everything around is the funk, and then you funk it up. Okay. One, one. And if you know where it's like dancing, it's the same thing, even though they count to eight and dance, but it's like yeah. that one is is like everyone's locked in. Like we know where that is, you know? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because I mean right? the whole entire the whole entire church most of the time is clapping. So even if it's just something yeah. as okay. simple as like so it's like right there. I feel like that really helps a lot of those drummers learn how to chop and learn how to yep. do those licks because there's this okay. constant in the whole building no matter and what that it is. is the funk like literally yeah. that's the funk mm-hmm. that's what they're yeah. talking about it's like the so in between of the like yeah so if so you're like laying your pocket and you're doing your and you could do your and the whole time you still have that and you have the bass player funking it up and you have the organ with you and you have the choir so it just it makes this energy in the room that's just it's it's you can't explain it, you know. It's the and, same, I think it's the same shit you're tapping sick. into as a band in a rehearsal studio where everybody's getting on that one wavelength, but it's taking mm-hmm. a whole 
building of people. Yeah, well, they just contribute to it. Wavelength, dude. Like the, the, yeah. the band is the band, and then the people that are in the building like give you all that energy, right? I mean, I've yeah. never played in a church, but like, is that how it is, Alex? Like, oh, totally. And then sometimes you know, all these it, people, you're like, it's a crowd every Sunday, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's it's that, and then sometimes it's the opposite. Like sometimes I would be asked to, to you know, to play at a church that the organ player didn't show up and the bass player didn't show up, so it's literally drum kit and voices. And oh, we still wow. made it work, but, oh, um, sick. and it still sounded beautiful because all of their voices are just, yeah. I mean, they're soulful singers. So it's cool, a choir, yeah. but you know, I'm like, this is teaching me something different. Cause now I can't rely on the bass player or the organ player. I'm now I got a vibe strictly off of their, their vocals, you know? So I'd run into all kinds of little situations like that, you know, wow. um, again, where you like to be put in uncomfortable situations oh dude yeah that's totally where you, you that's know? where you were getting your foot footing in that yeah and a lot of times i would show up and i might not even play at all if i show up and i know i used to see a bunch of musicians there and i know they're the real deal like real church guys that like grew up in this thing i'm not playing no way no way i've <laughs> seen back and watch i've seen little kids get up on there and just shred and i'm like yeah, i don't dude. I don't, I don't want to look like a clown been there, done that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll know this my place. night to shine. Dude. Like yeah. the son of like the best drummer in the whole thing. You know, you're just like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Hey, like, that's how I, that's, that's how I tried to be is like, if you need yeah. me, like I had a couple churches in Stockton, California, which is like, you know, where Eric Moore and his family are from and all that. And a couple of them, they needed a drummer, you know, like on, yeah. on Sunday. So I was like, shoot, if you need somebody, yeah, count me in. I, I would love to take that opportunity. But like, yeah. there was also other situations I'd walk into where like, I had I had a friend that was an organ player, and he would pull me to all these different churches, you know, and it was amazing. I really grew in that time. But there'd be sometimes that it would be a little awkward, because he'd be like, hey, man, like, I'm playing at this church Friday night, blah, 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 let's go there together. And I'd be like, cool. And I would show up, and there would already be a drummer there. There'd already be a, be a guy just smashing it, killing it. And then my buddy, he would be on the organ, my buddy Kevin, he'd be like, hey, let him play. And I'd just be oh, like, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no. no. Yeah, but, you know, again, I'm just like, well, swim or sink probably gonna sink but hey it's gonna be a great story it's gonna be a great totally. experience. Fuck yeah and dude. you learn yeah. the most from sinking you learn yeah. the most the best the part is when you went for it though that's the whole point. when you're put in the yeah. situation where you might sink when the people that are like organized enough to like understand like hey like i put you in this situation so like if you sink it's cool but like you know like they know you know they they, they want you to grow and learn you know from yeah that, you know yeah that's man. that's cool you know yeah absolutely i mean i had so much fun and it's still such yeah. a special part of of my life man i mean it really changed my life man and uh i noticed just with other things awesome. too like if i went to a an open jazz jam or something i was like this is all becoming very easy to me you know and i think it's because i'm getting used to being thrown in situations like that you know yeah. where it's like just really like yeah on the spot no rehearsal just go for it you know so i'm just the end of the day i can't say it enough i'm just i'm very fortunate and i still have so much learning to do like i'm i'm well, dude every it's musician every yeah anyone every, who says they don't is lying you know it's yeah like, it's very cliche to say but it's really true you know like i'm not anywhere i'll never be where i want to be you know and i think that's kind of the beauty of it like 
Yeah. The cliche lines, they come out because they're true. Like it's about the journey, you know, and you guys Mm -hmm. all know that too, as musicians, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A common theme on this podcast is definitely like, if we were satisfied with what we were doing, would we continue? Yeah. And the answer is most likely no. No, no. It's, it's an art. We're always chasing something. We always have something to fix and we always want to try. How do we get to this point? How do we get to this point? We got to this point by listening to, like a yellow card and then like pushing it on and like hearing like a, you know, like a slipknot then hearing like a, the end time begins that changed your life and like things that like pushed you to be like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like the gospel chops people. And like, you basically like are always, I mean, if you're especially in your position being in such like a, you know, spotlight of, you know, what you guys are doing, you're, you basically are exposed to so many different amazing musicians constantly and, and, and it will constantly push you. And you're, and I noticed that's one thing about Trivium that I'm kind of picking up on is that it seems like Trivium is a, a band that still lives like teenagers where they're, I mean, in, in the sense that they keep wanting to push it and they keep wanting to keep going after it, even at, you know, in their whatever late thirties, forties, wherever they're in most mm-hmm. of the band, um, they still have that energy and that drive to keep pushing you know like they have that you know that's oh, yeah. why they're so successful it's because they keep pushing it you know oh yeah it's amazing i am so fortunate to be with them i i mean being with them i feel as hungry as i was when i was a kid you know and i'm just very fortunate i mean you nailed you nailed it on the head man the guys are amazing they're amazing musicians they're amazing guys they're super super smart i mean that's the thing that a lot of people don't know about them is like you know, how, just how freaking smart they are with like everything. Like I, when I say that Paolo, our bass player, I feel like he could literally be like a lawyer for the band if he wanted. Like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like that's how in tune with like everything that guy is and all of them, like they're more than just gifted musicians. They're Mm -hmm. very smart, um, smart dudes. Yeah. So, you know, so me, I'm just like, fortunate to be there man i'm like wow like i'm still pretty young and but it's cool it's not like they're they're i'm young but they're still young too so it's not like this weird age gap where i'm like playing with like a bunch of like grumpy 50 year old dudes or something you know like it's like we we relate on so many things and we have fun hanging out with each other and uh yeah i love those guys man i'm that's very fortunate killer spot to be in dude sick yeah killer spot to be in and yeah, not a better person that deserves it man you're i mean from yeah, the first man. time i met you man like it's literally been your energy has been very positive you've always been very cool there's no you know <laughs> you've and you've obviously like can slap those skins around so like you have the, the full package <laughs> yeah you know? so you want to do an album dude i got some in the, in the works yeah. oh dude no, you guys kidding. you guys it would be it would at the drop of a dime man that everything you guys have done is is literally my roots you know and oh I, man that's like insane compliment Thanks. oh yeah every everything let's man. do a yeah. dual drummer situation where both so, casey and alex are playing oh no joseph <laughs> oh, in there awesome. too dude let's joseph yeah. triple yeah, man. drummer attack oh, yeah. and then yeah. just yeah. bass and vocals <laughs> i just got my t- i just got my tickets to king crimson today so oh, oh, but, uh, that's Jesus. what they do live so yeah. Oh yeah, All they right. have multiple well, drummers, right? Joel wins have for sure. Joel wins. Can I ask you guys what you guys are up to? I I hate just sitting here yapping about me all night. I would I'm I'm genuinely 
curious, you know, if you guys got any stuff going on, like as far as music goes or just, just in life or nah, anything like that. We, we, Odious is pretty much, you know, yeah. music is pretty much almost ready for a full We have 10 songs. Point. Yeah. It's all, it's ready. We just need to put solos on like one song and then one song. I don't know if we need to add one, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and I've been right. I've been, so. I got ideas writing down actually today. I actually got a few times today where I had some ideas I needed to Sing jot down. So. It's about, no, it's about dirt, dude. Like, it's about dirt. dirt. Yeah. It's about yeah. fucking <laughs> animals, dude. Exactly. And birds. <laughs> fucking gravel. We're going deeper. A bunch dude. of bird references again, dude. And I got dude. worms. Dude, That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> the I got worms. Dude, <laughs> the, worm, the worm's been there every fucking album as well. They've been just dating. I got yeah. some great fucking lyric content for you, Anthony. I was, I was like watching this like random YouTube video, like the infographics about like. How, how like it's becoming a trend to like bury people like organically like in the ground yeah, dude. Like, like that's our that's there you go dude there you go talking about this thing all about all, worms all day long dude there's a there's a song on the <laughs> synesthesia where at the end of that i'm like people are mo- more would just be buried in a box and be yeah. not given back to mother earth dude at these what? all dude i got i got a at the lyric at the very end of the album that's just like okay <laughs> yeah, exactly. dude, there's like four bird references or three because that's all us though dude that's just me okay. weaving us our little stupid inside jokes into the album no yeah that's we we do talk a lot like me casey and anthony like do these like you know drive home talks and stuff and a lot of weird fucking obscure ideas just come from them like every, well, you much anthony too i thought it was just me dude we had a relationship casey's finding out i've had two separate relation phone call no, relationships with you guys. <laughs> can i but oh, oh yeah, yeah. Joseph before joseph but i do have to i want to do my drum nerd thing too before we bounce it's out but yeah, go ahead joseph oh yeah just uh if you you know wanted to extend what your that question to to me then we yeah, have all you guys all you guys. vomit merch that we just printed this Fuck is uh yeah. this is the discord continuation project led diego by diego sanchez, sanchez. oh and, nice uh, man we just got Ooh, these looks good for all of you uh audio listeners check out the uh youtube video to see Looks good, dude. Fuck That's it. awesome, yeah. man. And um, I'm going to be selling these through our uh, <laughs> Facebook page. And uh, if you mention the Cali Death podcast in your uh, uh, message oh, to comes. us. No way. Are you serious? We'll give you the homie discount. Bro. No. Oh, it's the first, you got a promo oh, code. It's promo the first promo code. Oh, my God. Promo code. <laughs> Just mention the podcast. I guess we're doing that now. Yeah. That's yep, fucking yep. dope. Fuck yeah. Um, and, and uh, actually, Joseph, I'm going to be going to your so Joseph, if you want to announce that festival in Vegas, I'll, yeah, I'll we're be going playing, in October. Um, the Sin City Slaughter Fest, which is October 8th and 9th in Las Vegas. And Ooh. October 8th, uh, Mortician is headlining. And then the 9th, <laughs> to Violently Vomit, we're playing above. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, I'm going to be there like a week after. I already, yeah, we're... Booked the, I already booked the trip for like a week after that well then you could do a week before too it's pretty easy just jump in a car and we take you yeah you guys um, are driving i uh, I have have rides lined up you got a ride dude fuck yeah i mean Um, have you you're you're a ride i have like three or four people that hit me up that that are going so like there's amazing bands on that bill malignancy is playing skeletal remains putrid pile a bunch of fucking (laughs) sick underground bands and i i don't deserve to be you know playing behind those bands by any oh, means come so on, dude. i'm yes, just gonna do. be like learning professor. as i go <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that'll be fun. So that's what I'm up to live wise. And then, uh, homies in the chat for dreamer metal, one of my other projects, dreamer and, uh, that shit's going down. So dude, Alex, um, you got to check out dream. So it's Joseph really came over. Yeah. Joseph came over and was like, Oh, check out my demo of this band. And I was like, you know, I was doing the whole, like, yeah, it's cool, man. Tight. Like show me your demo. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Cause you know, like, you know, being in bands, you get like demos all the time. Right. And, right, uh, right, right, yeah. so I was like, okay, cool. Show it to me. And I just was like, what the fuck? Like, and I literally hit up a record label right away and they're like, we'll sign this immediately. They were wow. like, I know that's no, super good, yeah. dude. It's like, that's all. I got to get my hands on Chris. it. Chris. Yep. Yep. Chris I got to yeah, get my hands on it. If you dude. like the intro to this shit, that's Chris Beatty, dude. That's, yeah, that's the, the guitar, guitar player who yeah, does yeah. our intro song, which we oh. add to our like main episodes. Yeah, yeah. he's a freak. He's yeah. a fucking yeah. another one of these like we were talking about. I mean, I know him as Christopher stuff, Beetle, but, but... <laughs> yeah, it's Beatty. But yeah, no, um, he's like he's one of these like freak of nature young kids that's like come out <laughs> of the wood woodwork. That's just like, oh, yeah. let me take a little cynic here, a little BT Bam here, a little fucking Severed Savior here, a little this here. I'm like. Uh, speaking all of those Severed things. Savior, let me step on that real quick because uh, Joseph yeah. was doing the merch uh, plug. Yeah, go for it, dude. I know what you're doing. Survile uh, Insurrection, the 2008 release that we were yeah, supporting the... with uh, Alex in Archaic. Uh, they finally Perfect. pressed it on vinyl through Artisan Era. There's a limited amount. There's three different variants of crazy-looking vinyl. I ordered As one. they're into vinyl get over there quick because i like i said it's only 300 i don't know how fast that album goes i don't know how many people who like vinyl will buy it up but I don't, either way it's just that sounds like a small number so that's an incredible you, record too man yeah cool dude ridiculous. i i i get i get a few copies of it i don't even have a record player but i want to buy one now so i have cryptic i got a wall and dude I'll put it on the wall, dude. I know. I got, well, I'm getting a couple of them. So one of them is it's definitely going to go into like a framed thing. And then, but I still want to yeah. like buy a record player just so I can hear what this shit sounds like. Do you have a like record player, Alex? Uh, we do. I'm still trying to get into the vinyl thing. Um, me too. Chris, me too. Christina's just, a big vinyl person. You just put the, nice. the, the, the digital on and just hold the vinyl and go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, everybody. I don't know. I might get slaughtered for this online, but everyone's always like, you gotta get the vinyl, bro. It's just different. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it sounds as good. Maybe it's just because I grew up in the digital era, I guess. But yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> lost 50 subscribers after you said that. Oh my no, God. No, no, dude. that's a thing. That that's, that's, uh, that's an that opinion because that's an opinion because I hear that a lot topic. from people. And like, uh, <laughs> that's and, an opinion. And I, and I have people that <laughs> literally show up and um, like they're way into vinyl and stuff. They're like, you gotta yeah. listen to it like this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds pretty much the same. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it's a little different, but like, you know, but then you get like a guy difference. like Mike Marinkovich who'd be like, dude, if you get it on 180 grand, oh, that dude, and you you got your needle that costs you $500, your player that costs you 2000 and then these speeds you speed cost 5000 shit. And then you play a Mahavish New Orchestra yeah. record and you hear instruments that you never heard before. Yeah. In the Fuck mix. all that shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. I'm just saying, who cares? Yeah, you know, I enjoyed listening to John Coltrane on vinyl and Miles mm -hmm. Davis. That was cool because I feel like it kind of, I don't know, it just, it had that old sound. So it, yeah. it made yeah, sense dude, to me. Yeah, like Sabbath you know? records and shit. It yeah, yeah. Like, so you're like, yeah, you're amazing like, on vinyl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would rock that yeah. for sure. But I'm not going to get a record from 
2020 and be like, you got to listen to it on the vinyl. Like, I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't care. Just give it. <laughs> I think it's faster cool. if you turn up the record play a little bit. Is it faster? Like, three. <laughs> I, I what, okay. In all honesty, the thing it's that trips me out the most is that there's little etches into a piece of vinyl that go at various depths to where a needle goes across it. And my voice plus Casey's drums plus. Joel's bass plus Dan Eggers guitar, Carrie Gears guitar, who Ron Jarzenbeck's guitar were all pressed into well, actually not with cryptic, actually. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, that whole concept of like all that is being like pressed into but, a but oh yeah, the most fucked up part, but they but they, but they put drum and bass <laughs> on vinyls and it's like the biggest bass. So it's like it's it's confusing. You but know? Yeah, well, I think a lot I'm of saying, it has to do with like, the, the saying, older like, generation. Well, the older yeah, generation, like, you know, they got their favorite Led Zeppelin albums and they dropped it and they dropped the needle on. And it mm -hmm. kind of like gives them this yeah. nostalgia. But can you imagine the kind of, yeah. needle going across a piece of plastic right now and getting your baseline? Yeah, but can that's you imagine the thing, it in it, your but, brain? But can you but imagine the thing, a laser you, doing it? But you can. <laughs> no, I can't. No, but I mean, dude, have you ever been? I mean, dude, have you seen a drum and bass show live, though? And they're using vinyls. Like I saw like Techage like like years ago and it was fucking nuts. And it was all vinyls, man. And I had like, you know, like uh what was that famous drum and bass guy? I can't fucking remember his name, but Grillix or something. Oh, no, dude, it <laughs> no, was back uh, in the day. The <laughs> main dude uh, oh, fuck, dude. I can't remember it. It's been so long. But uh yeah, man. I mean, those vinyls sound insane. And it's I mean, so I don't know, dude. It's like it's crazy, dude. It, I don't know. It's all. No, it's, it's like it's it's going back to the whole classic thing. Like yeah. a lot of people like uh like retro classic stuff, and, and you know that's like where a lot of the influences came from in our musical lives. Where that's how they to music. Sorry, okay. Dillinger. Sick. Sorry, I just say it. I definitely, definitely it. get the appeal for sure. You know, especially yeah, the yeah. older people. That's like reggae, like dance hall shit, right? Or is mm -hmm. it just reggae? Casey Dillinger. What was that up? No, 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 fucking dr drum and bass, dude. With like fucking heavy bass, right? Okay. Like, like, dude, David Siskin, dude, our old guitarist, like an ODC. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a closet full of vinyls, dude, and he does rec like you know, his Warbreaker. Shout out to you know yeah. David and yeah, Warbreaker, his, his yeah. channel that's on his SoundCloud, persona. and he does live radio shows and drum and bass. I mean, he used to do death metal, now he's all in drum and bass, and it's all vinyls. So I'm, I, I'm not trying to argue. You I'm just trying to Remark? say that I don't no, know anything no about arguing. this stuff. I, I love you, Anthony. I just think there's no, there's no like difference. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I don't even understand how, how do you, if it's like you had, you take an old vinyl and it's like, it sounds like, you know, old school, but then they also do this modern, like insane shit off vinyl. I don't, I don't, I fucking know nothing about that. We should bring someone, it. we should bring a DJ on yeah. to explain it. Yeah, dude, we need it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted to mention so the first guy who I shipped any TVV merch to, Scott Baumgartner, shout out. He bought three of the Servile Insurrection vinyls. He got so all three of them. If you fucking awesome. really? Sick. if you're trying to buy one and you ran out and, and there's none more, it's because of him. Just <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's three versions. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he so got, got all three. Of them. Nice. Yeah. Sporting them. <laughs> They have different names too. I don't even remember. The, there's, I don't know, the variants. I just realized yeah, I had he, a huge. He has uh, the uh, oh, he has a synesthesia vinyl too. By the way, what was uh, that, Alex? Sorry, cut you off a couple dude, times. We need, no, we need we to push people on the cryptic. Okay. Right. <laughs> Alex's turn. No, sorry, sorry. I was I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying it just came to me right now. I totally brain farted and forgot. I wanted to shout out um, Dylan from Brain Drill because I did a record with him. 
for the last brain drill record. And then also uh, Jeff, Laura and Sean from the band Gotcha Covered, which is a cover band that I played with every weekend from 2014 to 2020, I guess. Yeah, right. Until the point where I left here. But I, I totally... I don't know how you forget that, but I forgot. It just slipped my mind, and I just wanted to give them a shout out as well. So, okay. no, no, <laughs> sorry, that's very awesome. random. No, but I was like, I, mean, I got to say no. it now before I. Forget. I mean, dude, <laughs> like, that's like awesome. I was saying earlier, it's like with a list like yours, dude, trying to compact it into a certain amount of time with us, like so, and hitting you with side questions and shit like that. It's like you got through it very well, dude. And, and so uh, out of the seventeen bands, very, like what was Alter Beast, band? but also right, you did the Feast album with That's, Alter Beast. Yeah, that you just came Feast? to mind now. Yeah, that that record, uh, I did that. So shout out to them. Wow, that, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. I, That's I, a, holy shit! I, I, I keep forgetting all this stuff. I'm like, like I'm, I'm, Siebert, <laughs> but it's not Gabe. It's you. He did the one before me, the and then the, oh. the last one they did Feast. Uh, that was me, and that was super random. I had a lot of fun making that record too. That was really fun. New one. Yeah, damn, you did feast, dude. Yeah, yeah, God that damn was. It. I don't fucking yeah. know that. God damn it, oh, Alex, man. dude, you've done so much awesome shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm okay, very so, fortunate, man. I'm very fortunate. I'll make this quick, but what kind of drums do you play? What kind of pedals do you use? Cymbals, <laughs> drum nerd shit. Just make it quick, because I don't want to. I, mean, I could go like three more hours on that, but I, 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 I know I, I could too, man. I could just on drum drumming alone, dude, I could talk for, yeah. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah. Um, I play Zildjian cymbals. I endorse Zildjian. Okay. You endorse it. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I endorse Vic Firth drumsticks. Nice. I yeah. endorse axis percussion pedals. Yep. yep me too. Um, yeah. sick. Um, and then I endorse, jh audio in-ears um cool. i endorse asus which is kind of crazy um that they, they do like all these microphones and stuff oh, for like okay. the gamer thing that was through Sick, mac really dude. pulled some strings with that and kind of got the whole band hooked up and mm -hmm. then um i don't actually have a drumming endorsement as far as drum kits right now i play oh, wow. tama Surprising. yeah i play yeah. tama with trivium but i don't have an endorsement so i'm still that's all kind of still up in the air. Like, yeah, I'll kind of play anything. If if I show up at a festival and there's a DW kit or there's a Pearl or yada, yada, I endorsed Crush Drums for a very long time, mm, uh, which was okay. a yeah. really, really great company. They're, they're still around. Uh, they're based out of Florida. I endorsed them for a long time and they were wonderful. Um, mm. And then now I'm just kind of like, I'll see if, if something happens you know, with, you know what's coming you know that you have like 10 yeah. people that want he's to all like yeah you. you know i don't know we'll see we'll just see you know yeah you know <laughs> he's waiting maybe. for sonar to fucking chime in big guy right, we got you. yeah maybe, maybe <laughs> you know? something will happen with tama but i mean i think yeah tama, you know sure. i was i was talking to them and you know but then corona happened and all, all this stuff yeah. so I haven't even talked to any of my companies at all. My whole thing has been like, I've tried not to crack any symbols or anything. Cause I know everything's so backed up. I'm like, I don't even want to bug you guys. Um, oh, yeah. Crazy. I'm just going to kind of sweetheart, yeah. but you should be like, you should literally like, let's walk around Nam next year and uh, get you indoors. Let's get you indoors. Like yeah. you need to not ever pay for drums or anything. Like, it's all like, yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tama. I mean, Tama has been great in in the sense that like they they gave us some good deals for kits. Uh, when I started playing with mm. Trivium, because it's more that Trivium had a, a relationship with Tama. Um, yeah. From past drummer, previous drummers. So when I first joined the band, they were definitely really cool and working with us. But I'll, I'll wait and see if anything becomes Probably get like a pearl. Like Dive Highly's got a pearl. Dive Highly, but he's from you know Australia. <laughs> yeah tasmania but yeah yeah i'm really not i'm not picky with gear that's like the one thing about me i'm like i don't really care what logos on it as long as it sounds good you know yeah they're i mean all the companies sound sick i mean it's It's kind of like guitar like any any guitar company as long as you're like a endorsed artist they can make like a fucking guitar that you want like they'll make yeah yeah. whatever if if they're like got their money behind you and they're like if, if you're not like I know like some of the like best jazz bass players like um that basically will play like Dean's and stuff, which Dean is not known as a bass company at all. They're mm-hmm. like yeah, that's like a very cheap company, but they'll like make you your bass and it's then like they'll... the best the yeah. best jazz guitar is made by BC oh, Rich. Shit. Oh shit. Oh man. Oh, what's that, Joseph? Show that again? What is that? Sorry, I'm, muted. Uh, this is a Dean bass that I oh, use muted. Oh, oh. nice. I didn't main... mean to say they weren't the bass. Oh crazy. Nice. Right on. Yeah, actually, our bass player Paolo, he just uh, endorsed uh, Kiesel, which I said, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's over yeah. here in Escondido. Like I've, I've driven gang, by the what factory a bunch. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, the, yeah. At Nam. They're the, they're the most impressive at Nam. Every time, like they're just have the nicest nice. fucking setup. Yeah, yeah like the like, best presentation. Like you, you go to you go to Nam and you really figure out like. So last time I was there, it was Kiesel was like the most like jaw dropping. Like, okay, you guys are the next like thing that everyone wants. Everyone wants. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw Ormsby coming up, going like, okay, we're gonna be the next thing for guitar seal. That are yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden like all these band, all these guys are like, well, what do I do? Kiesel or Ormsby? It's like you know, the, it's basically like a, a lot of these uh, companies are becoming like. They're 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 showing their fucking peacock feathers and being like, all right, this is what we got, motherfucker. Like, you want to be yeah. an artist or like? I remember walking around with Michael Keane uh, last time. He was like, I don't have an endorsement. Let's let's go find like what we should do. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, go to I was like, go to comparison, go to comparison guitars. That's I mean, that was my favorite guitar at the time. I was like, mm. go there. And he's just all, ah, oh, they're out of country, blah blah. And yeah, it's, it's it's like he found like some obscure company that's like we'll do whatever you want you know like yeah we'll make whatever yeah. you want for free and it will be your name on it and blah blah, blah. and I, I think i mean obviously with the with the name of trivium and and how you're contributing to the next you know to this album instead of the newest album and stuff and and uh i think that i mean it, it should be no problem you should just have like free drums for life so, <laughs> so what kind no of pedals, what kind of pedals so access to using short boards long boards E kits, do you trigger? What's this double bass, singles? Like what's yeah, I play I play double bass, two kick drums. Um the yeah, pedals on two, two I'm kicks, using, okay. So single pedals. Yeah, single pedals. I wanna say I'm playing the double double A longboards. I'm so bad with gear. Double man. A. No, 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 no. Because no, it, it probably doesn't exist. If someone talked oh. to me about gear, they'd be like, "This guy does not know anything about anything." Um, I have. I cannot think of the name right now. They're the, oh my gosh. So they're, they're, I've got the A21s. Um, I don't, I don't think it's those ones. Just yeah. regular longboards? Like the A longboards? I think it's just the very, yeah, it's not, it's nothing yeah. fancy. It's not the super wide, crazy ones. It's literally just like a very basic yeah. axis pedal. Yeah. Like the, mm-hmm. whatever's the normal one, probably the same ones you played, I think maybe. I, I play the A's, like the originals, the original A's, the shortboards. 
I think that's what I play too. I think I play the. They no, have no, I... they have the heel part. That's the difference. So like the short boards yeah. have the little heel, like joint, and then it like goes up to the whole pedal. I go the microphone. I'm off the mic. So like there's a heel joint, and then it goes up to it like like a, nor- a normal pe- a pedal board that goes straight yeah. up, right? Vertical, or I mean not vertical, but straight. And so, um, but but the long boards like the pedal goes all the way down to the edge, or like the pedal board, right? I think so, I have so, the long boards. Okay, I, yeah. yeah. There's no like like heel hinge. No, no. Right? Yeah. So I play the long boards, and um, yeah, yeah. I use the hammer beaters, which is kind of rare. I I, I think not a lot of people do. Oh, the ones that are kind those? of a right angle like that. Yeah. Did you? Use it's to not play the Kalias beaters. No, I I always oh. use DW just straight like. DW beaters turn to like the hard side. That's the one gotcha. I always used. Yeah, I still do. But okay. so so you use the ones that are like the cross that go like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Not the Kalias yeah. beaters, which are like the straight ones with the little <laughs> thing. So you do the no. interesting, dude. Those are like the yeah. Sick, yeah. man. That's cool. And the the reason why is because I actually when I started getting into death metal, um, all my favorite dudes were playing Axis. And so I ended up doing yeah. the sick drummer magazine blast off competition and that was the winner would get a free pair of access pedals so i was like 15 and i was like i gotta win this thing i need to get these pedals 15 dude yeah i was 15 so it was like an online competition and it was like a like three minute drum solo or something so sick uh i think it might still be on youtube if i'm not mistaken but anyways i ended up look it up yeah i ended up winning it which was really sick um and then i got those pedals and I remember when I first put those pedals on my kit, it felt so amazing that I was like, I'm not touching anything. I'm not touching the spring yeah. tension. I'm not. So okay. I've, yeah. I've literally never messed with my pedals at all. Like I just leave mm. the spring tension about in the middle. And those were the beaters that I played with uh, because they were in the box. So I was like, well, that's what I'm sticking with. Cause that feels good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh, and then okay. triggers. Um, I use the, Roland TM2 with RT10K acoustic drum triggers. That's what I got too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are red. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, I tried the E kits for uh, a little bit um, and they worked great. It was when I was with, uh, I was playing with Decrepit Birth. I went to Europe. Sure. Yeah. And the first. Too. Yeah, the first two weeks I was like, yeah, like I'm all about the E kit life. And then sure. um, I remember I, I hate to throw him under the bus, but I think it was Dave from cattle. I think <laughs> that he messed with them in like the slightest bit, like doing something, maybe probably trying to help me. But I remember at, from that moment on, it was nothing but misfires. Like every show, nothing oh, yeah. was working out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I just couldn't fix it. And um, I just so happened to like at the last minute when I was packing, I was like, I'm going to take these RT 10 K's, just in case you know you never know yeah and at our last show in europe it was the it was some death fest it was big though big crowd and what do you know these triggers are just not working at all and i'm like i don't want to bomb in front of this crowd and i don't want matt to get frustrated and this is just not good and then i remembered at the last second i was like i got the rolling i got the rt10ks and i threw them on the kit and it was like one of the best shows i feel like i've ever played and i remember Sick. from that okay. moment on I was like, I will die for these bad boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, these, I'll play these till the day I die. These things save yeah. me. So. Yeah. John okay. from from or, John Longstreth from Origin like gave me like one of those like the Roland mm-hmm. like kick 
pedal trigger things or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I I gave them to a friend. I had them. I hold held on held on to them for years. But I I basically kind of I've always I, I I've known so many people that have had problems with the e kits. I've never had a problem, dude. I don't know. Really? I I just I I reset them in each show though. Oh, that so makes I set sense. them for the stage because there's different stage things. You have to like you have to have that Allen wrench, and then every single show you got to fucking reset the e kits. Yeah, I think that was Every one time. of my issues yeah. with it because back yeah. then when I was playing shows like that, I would kind of get more nervous setting up than I would actually playing the show. I don't know why, but I would be like trying to adjust the e-kits, like kind of shaky, sweating, I can't see. And then I'd be like, okay, I think I got them right. And then I'd get up on stage and it'd be like, oh no, just misfiring. So I guess it just depends on the person and if you can get yeah. that angle right, you know, kudos to you. I mean, they worked for the first two weeks. Great. And then once they yeah. were slightly messed with, I was like, this Damn. sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. That's awesome that, that you got it working on that. So yeah, yeah, man, fucking dope. And good. I just had to nerd out on that for a second. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Dr- Casey's drum corner. Yeah. What, kind of, what size sticks do you use again? I have been yeah. playing five Vic Firth five Bs mm, since wow. 2014. Five um, Bs are good. That's like just yeah. It's a good. It's bigger or it's not as big as a two B, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you know I, I I do five As a lot with like just random and students and stuff and just playing rock and all that stuff. But the five Bs yeah. when I was in decrepit, I I think I I think I was using five Bs, but like like the bounce and the heaviness of mm-hmm. those like you need it you know for the loud, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I I always dreamed of playing Vic Firth sticks, but like I remember at like Guitar Center, they were like so expensive. Like I was like, I can't afford to buy these like all the time with how much I break sticks. No way. That'd be that'd cost me a fortune. So I remember like I'd play them every once in a long while and just be like, ah, oh, that felt so good. But when I my normal stick was actually the uh sound percussion sticks from Guitar Center. I don't know if you remember those, but it was just, it would just be like a bag full of just like garbage, just like, oh yeah, like really bad sticks. But I mean, it was like a good portion yeah. of it and they seemed to kind of last on tour. I guess it was the most, it was the cheapest option, but they, yeah, anyways, yeah. yeah, I used to play those for years. And I remember when the Vic Firth thing fell into place, uh, I was just like, I can't believe I get to play this stick. Cause like, I never dreamed I thought if I was ever endorsed by a stick company, I was like, there's no way it would be Vic Firth. Cause that's like the top of the top. But like, now I'm just like, I'm very fortunate, you know? And now I, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I love playing with them every night, man, the balance of them and the feel so of them. It's like, you can tell they put a lot of effort into their sticks, oh, you know? Dude, totally. So yeah. That fulcrum dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So <clears throat> all the non drummers are like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> oh, man. No, so it's all though. good. But, but I mean, are like our guest is a drummer. So we... three plus hours now, guys. <laughs> I know. The longest dude, one well, we've I think done. we should go a little yeah. longer. I don't know. Oh, shoot. Guys... No, I, mean, <laughs> I got I to gotta throw in the towel, dude. I, know, I love it all, yeah, but man. I got to throw in the towel. I got to wake I, up at 430. So, man, yeah. I wish I wish we were just like a. All it all together at like a bonfire, just barbecue all night. Yeah, dude. You know? well, yeah. This is yeah, because it wouldn't stop, and and this is exactly what goes on at those types of things, dude. Yeah, I feel bad stop. just yapping about me all stop night. It. No, that's, <laughs> I wish that's, we could talk more about, about you guys. Yeah, you're on the <laughs> east coast. It's already what what time is it for you? It's three uh, that's hours about ahead. about twelve forty. So, yeah, probably wrap it up. But but guys, yeah. thank you so much for uh, yeah, for having man. me. Dude, oh, this dude. was awesome. 
Thank this you so much for coming on. This was on, a blast, so dude, no doubt. And, yeah. I, and, and I know we haven't really like had this long of a conversation in a long time. And I, I, dude, you're the same dude, but just you're more refined and, and you're fucking you're doing your thing, dude. And I love it, dude. Dude. Yeah. I, I please guys. Uh, like, I mean, yeah, Joel, Joel and Casey, I don't know if you guys have my number, but I know that, uh, Anthony, you do. I know Joseph, you do. Yeah. If you want me to, I'll, over, I'll, dude. I'll yeah, do a keep... mass text to these guys. Wait, don't, yeah. no, just say, what, what, what is it on the podcast? Just tell yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, 209. Yeah. Yeah. You're still rocking the Modesto memory over in Florida, huh? 209, dude. 209 yeah. to the oh, day dude. I die. <laughs> hey, dude, I never even mentioned it, but uh, did you ever come across a rapper named Young Droop? Young Droop? Yeah, he was, was he from years, Modesto. He's from the stock or Merced. Oh, Merced. No, no. But I he don't... rocked 209. That was really his, that, that's what he would call out 209. There wasn't a lot of like, I mean, I'm or sure there Doja probably Click. was. Doja Click was uh Stockton. There was a lot of, I mean, there was Stockton rappers, but it seemed like all the Stockton dudes, it was like really heavy gang stuff. So I wasn't really like too into yeah. it. I don't know if yeah. you remember the rapper from San Francisco, um, Roach Giggs. Did you guys ever get into mm -mm. him? Oh, mm -mm. he had his quick moment there, but I appreciated a lot of the kind of the more hyphy Bay Area stuff. Like the Valley had good rappers, but like I said, it was like, it came, it came with a lot of other stuff that I was like, Ugh. a lot of baggage. Yeah, a lot of dangerous baggage. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's great stuff. I mean, they're talent, very gifted, and I dig it. Like, I'll listen to it on my own when I'm working out. But like, you don't want to be in the wrong neighborhood. It was just some shit that I came across when I was younger. <laughs> you know, being in the Bay, like you would yeah. get the Bay adjacent rap if you knew what you were looking for. You know, yeah, it was yeah. always looking for like uh cameos on rap records and frisco rappers being on it but actually don't get me down that rabbit hole now I yeah know, at I know, the end right? i'm like jesus <laughs> i know the whole rap thing but it is it i is know funny. joel was probably cringing the whole time as soon as i started mentioning rap no I, it, it's kind of funny though because like you guys all know how california is it's like you really do you got to be careful in certain neighborhoods like what you listen to and how you dress and stuff like that and when i'm out here on our porch i'll be like working out doing push-ups and burpees and stuff and i love listening to gangster rap and christina's laughing because i'm going <laughs> from this rapper to this rapper so they were like all repping different neighborhoods and stuff and i'm like well i'm out here in florida i can't there's no i can't get in trouble out here so i'm good i'll listen to whatever i want yeah, right. <laughs> so anyways but, right. yeah appreciate it guys you guys yeah, are well, yeah i'm super glad to have you on man you've been yeah. i mean since oh, the day i met so you you've fun. been one of the most positive fucking like driven fucking people and, and and basically you're the person i saw you like what anthony was saying i saw you like going up into the higher realm of of metal just because you were such like the person that was easy to tour with that was a cool guy that had his chops down that was driven and it's super cool to see you like at this level now man i, I mean you basically have oh, yeah. done what we've all dreamt of and and just keep it going man you guys are holding you're holding the torch for us basically Oh, dude, thank you, man. And yeah. and I, I really want to stay updated with you guys, too. That's why I want you guys to have my number, because I, I want to stay as connected as I possibly can with everything that you guys are doing. Totally, dude. And you're totally, oh, you know, yeah, so. uh, you're welcome to come back whenever you want, dude. If you ever get the itch and you're like, I want to come back on, dude, we'll fucking work it out, dude, and get you back on. No doubt. Gotta, they're calling for it in the chat. They say we need a round two. 
Oh nice. man, we, we need yeah. more time too, man. I, I, if we I if we didn't have a time barrier, this would this would go forever. <laughs> well, but yeah, man, I hope you guys get some good sleep so awesome. and um, oh, you know, yeah. get to where you need to get safely. And let's yep. definitely please keep in touch. I would love to keep in touch with all you Fuck guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, most bro. definitely, Alex, dude. Dude, Alex, Thanks, dude, man. Dude. Thanks for cool. coming on, man. Fuck yeah. All right. Dude. Thanks for Good having time, me. Good time, sir. Yeah. See you right. out, thanks to all the people that hung out with us all night, dude. And, uh, thanks yeah, to fun. the subscribers. Dude, fucking 700 plus. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. dude. It keeps growing, dude. I love it. Trivium you know. fans. Yeah, dude. Check out this podcast. Check Come it on. out, dude. Come on. Come on. It inspires dude, me. Cross over the other way. Come on. Yes. Get into Come some on. death metal. Hell yeah. Come on over. Come on over. <laughs> uh right. like subscribe all that shit hit the buttons and and love your families and love your friends and we'll be back uh next week with some awesome stuff have a good week guys you yeah.